you found yourself at the junction where worlds meet. Politics. Civility? How about honesty in this country, folks? Entertainment. I don't like entertainment. And a whole bunch of other stuff. It's about having a healthy body image. You have a very unhealthy body. You should have a horrible body image. Not a big home improvement market in Detroit. <laughs> we are definitely going to get letters. You're listening to Talk Radio's Strangest Animal. You're a strange animal. That's what I know. You're getting louder with Crowder. But you're a strange animal. I got to follow. Oh, I'm in the speedy to Glad to be with you. That's the sound of the weekend. Uh, that was our dog, Hopper, of course, producing in studio. We're glad to have him. I am your host, Stephen Crowder. All references available at louderwithcrowder.com. Probably more important than ever to mention that today. We'll get into that in a second. Producing with me in video studio, as always, is my producer, Jared, who is not gay. Follow him on Twitter at NotGayJared. I fulfilled my legal obligations. Draw your own conclusions. Thanks. I'm not gay. Good. Another, another day, not gay. Another day, not gay. Pray the gay. Very, <laughs> stop it. Just don't get them to shut off entirely right off right the off bat. The bat. Uh, we have a good terrible. show. Huge show. Huge Big show. show. Tonight. Biggest show I think we've ever done. We have Iraq Veteran 8888, the biggest firearm uh, channel on YouTube. He'll be on to talk about the assault weapons ban under the uh, the old Clintons and in with the new Clintons. What that means, uh, a Hillary Clinton presidency for the Supreme Court, what it means for your firearms. And we have Dave Rubin on, mm-hmm. lovely resident queer. He's so much fun. We always have him. Great to have on Dave Rubin. He endorsed Gary Johnson and uh, will center leftist, lifelong liberal. Yep. Endorse Gary Johnson, and then we have we have Colin Kaepernick, pretty pretty big scoop later on. Yes, and then Courtney Kirchhoff will be on to get, talk about online as they call it. I think in the media industry, a, a get. get. Yes, it's a get. We're the first ones to get them. You know, we had Kurt Schilling, Ted Cruz, Carly Fiorina before we she broke. We we get a lot of a lot of heavy hitters sometimes. We do Colin Kaepernick, not a huge fan of his, but uh, we give him some airtime. We'll talk about later on. Hashtag. What are you looking at? Is there something just, wrong? I just realized we wore the same shirt, and that's, I didn't mean that. Oh, that's a problem. Uh, hashtag YouTube is over party. We have a lot of inside baseball to talk about that. YouTube has decided to start demonetizing videos based on offensive content. Uh, right off the bat, we're going to have to talk about Donald Trump and immigration, so we want to save that in the second hour for a longer segment. Uh, by the way... Tallahassee, Panama City, Florida, two news stations in the getting us. We're very grateful. Very grateful. That's very awesome. So, yeah. Uh, it's still in Florida. Still trending. Yes. Well, depends where you are in Florida. It can be uh, Satan's rear end or it can be uh, it can be nice. Be nice. It can be pretty nice. Be nice. So right off the bat, the biggest story, obviously, this, this week, uh, well, recently here, has been Donald Trump going to Mexico. So he went to Mexico. I think, I don't think the president of Mexico expected him to do so. Uh, let me tell you this. This is where Trump wins me. Last week, I was disappointed. Seemed like he was pivoting. His mm-hmm. policy was the exact same as Jeb Bush and Marco Rubio, people who he just raked over the coals. I am an absolute hawk on immigration. And uh, that's one thing I like about Donald Trump. And this week, he sort of pivoted back, uh, certainly as rhetorically. His, his rhetoric has been pretty, pretty harsh, pretty firm again. And I think he just called uh, the, the Mexico's, I don't know if they really have a leader. <laughs> if, they, if they have a leader, they're following him. They're a spokesperson. Spokesperson more sorts. so. Yeah. And they just skim cash off the top. So he met with him. Uh, we have a clip, a little roundup, and then we'll, we'll get, get to exactly what this Mexican, is it president? 
Uh, spokesperson. Spokesperson. Spokesperson said afterward. Go ahead. Number two, having a secure border is a sovereign right and mutually beneficial. We recognize and respect the right of either country to build a physical barrier or wall on any of its borders to Love stop the, the illegal movement of people, drugs, and weapons. Yep. Cooperation toward achieving this shared objective, and it will be shared, of safety for all citizens is paramount to both the United States and to Mexico. I love how he says, uh, you can tell when he's, he's, he's on book right now, he's being advised to do so, because mm-hmm. and it will be shared. That's, like, that's his little, little throw-in. Throw that's in. like, it's you little... see, I had lived that. Well, listen, it was a good speech. It was. I was glad to see it. Very presidential, I might add. I, very presidential. I can get on board with this kind of Donald Trump. And uh, right afterward, the Mexican president said, actually, no, we, we discussed that we aren't going to pay for the wall, and his policies could be a threat to all the people of Mexico. So that really bothers me. A couple. There's nothing racist about what Donald Trump has said there. Of all your criticisms of Donald Trump, building a wall is not a valid one. And that's where Jared and I have talked about. We feel absolutely compelled to defend him. There's nothing. Mm-hmm. If, if your immigration policy only affects illegals in a negative way, it can't be racist. And here's something a lot of people have missed out on. Mexico's immigration policies. They want to talk about how bad it is for the United States. Let me read you some. Not good. Jared has some of these up here. Let's read you some of Mexico's immigration policy, and you tell me if they're racist. Uh, I'm trying to. I'm trying to think of which one to even start with. Uh, illegal immigration is a felony, and pers- a person can be put in prison for two years for immigrating illegally. Mexicans who help illegal aliens enter the country are themselves considered criminals under the law. And they could be subject to 10 years in prison. They also base allowing immigrants in Mexico based on productivity, and they reserve the right for uh, people... Uh, where do I have this right here? If they upset the national demographics, the, equal, the national demographics, the equilibrium of the national demographics, when foreigners are deemed detrimental to economic or national interests, they're not allowed in. They're not allowed to come in and be agitators. They're not allowed to come in and honestly be a part of a public protest. There are even some rules that people don't understand regarding waterfront property. Uh, you think they would tolerate someone coming into Mexico and burning the flag? They're going to have an effigy for you on Dia de la Muerte the next time. You're not making it out of Mexico alive. And it's a horrible country. There's a lot less to love about the Mexican flag than the American flag. That's why they want to come here. People don't understand this. They say the wall is racist. The wall, well, really, the wall is a problem. Multiculturalism is so great, and our strength is our diversity, forced diversity. Norway just built a wall to keep out Syrian migrants. Have you seen this? Norway. You know how people always talk about why don't they have these problems in these East, in these European countries and these Norwegian countries or in these Scandinavian countries? They do. It just takes a while to get to a head. And their problem there is Syrian migrants coming in, the rape, the Sharia law, the burkinis. It's a problem for them. They put up a wall. You know why? Because walls work. They don't work entirely on their own, but they're a first step. And if anyone tells you that wanting a first step toward curbing illegal immigration is racist, point them to the laws in Mexico. Point them to the laws in South American countries. Lotterwithcredit.com, we have all the references. It is, it is absolutely mind-numbing. To me, that people are trying to paint this as racist. And by the way, people talk about this uh, diversity in the United States. There's nothing wrong with diversity. 
if people are coming to the United States, as the laws in Mexico we've just talked about, if they're coming to uh, to produce, if they're coming to be contributors, that's great. Here's the difference. There was a time in this country when you talk about the immigrants who came over, whether it was the Italians, the Irish, there was, uh, you know, th different waves. They came to the United States. Why? The American dream. Jobs. The American dream is wife, kids, solid nine to five, white picket fence, retirement, right? They came for that dream, for jobs. Immigration is an entirely different issue when you have a welfare state. They're not coming for jobs. They're coming for handouts. They're coming to be a leech on the system. Do you realize, people say, you've heard this, right? You see John Q, people say, mm -hmm. oh, you know, we're not, it's so cruel, people can't get care. Do you, do you know what your, your health care plan is, your insurance is, if you're an illegal immigrant in the United States? Uh, I'm gonna go with free. Go walk into the emergency room, walk into the urgent clinic, and walk away laughing. Can you give us your, uh, your Medicare card or your social security? <laughs> See, I give you. I give you when I come back. They don't come back. <laughs> Seriously, remember when I was I was when I had my uh, my knee injury? I remember I was in there, and there was there was this lady next to us, clearly didn't speak a word of English, was asking for painkillers. I was talking with my wife, and I asked the, the the nurse. I said, if they don't speak English, you know how they said that's but they're not going to pay. We're just going to let them go. They said it's illegal for us not to treat them. So it's not happening. People aren't coming here and being turned away. People are coming here because they are not being turned away. It is very important to understand that it's a very easily debunked argument. Oh, really? Are you a Native American? First off, no, because we beat the Native Americans. We came, we had the wheel, they didn't. Sorry, smallpox blankets are a real burden. No, you're not Native American. But your immigrants, your ancestors came here because they wanted to produce. Just as you can't go to Mexico and get on a, and get a welfare check. You cannot, it cannot be done. They came here because they wanted to work and contribute to the American cultural fabric. So that's what happened then. Shift, welfare state, you have them coming now, they're not paying taxes. Even if they're not on welfare, they're not paying taxes. They're not signing the guest book on the way in. What, one thing, why haven't we deported? Have you ever thought of every single criminal who's an illegal immigrant in our prison? That seems so obvious. Why are we paying to keep them alive? Uh, tweet me at S. Carter. What is the, what is the justification to keep... And you know, you know these people would rather be a criminal here in our prisons than be a criminal in Mexico and their prisons. Oh, yeah. Can you imagine immigrating to Mexico illegally? Even if you're, find a, you? if you're a hardcore criminal, you want to come here to be a criminal. It's, it's just better. It's, oh, it's better. You'd much rather be a prisoner in the United States than uh, living in an apartment in Mexico City. Can you imagine being in a Mexican prison for two years? I have a time to picture myself in Mexico. <laughs> You've been to Mexico, have I have you? been. I have been once. You want, this is a true story. My wife's father... Like dirty Mexico, not, not Cancun, Mexico. Like, Cancun, Mexico ugh. is still dirty. Oh, yeah, but so imagine it. More not that. Cancun, Mexico is like when you when you just stuff all the crap under your bed and you fold a nice sheet over it <laughs> so mom doesn't find out. You're not supposed to know I do that. That's Cancun. It's just a horrible place. Corruption, poverty, and they just they, they cover it in a thin veil of booze cruises. Uh, so listen, I like this about Donald Trump. I like this Donald Trump. I'm fine with him pissing off Mexicans. I want him to build a wall. And you know what? Maybe he will get them to pay for it. All right, here's a tax 1% on any transactions between Mexico. Well, we're not going to do it. Okay, no wire transfers at all to Mexico. You ever been to a Western Union? It's all the time people just sending money back. That can't happen anymore. Take your chances mounting the wall. 
I don't know. You can tweet me at S. Crowder. This is I'm I am 100% behind Trump on this, and I think the Mexican president is a bit of a jackass. We'll be back to talk more about I don't what, climate change. Yeah, climate change. All right, stay yeah. tuned. And now, ambassadors for the United States and Mexico have a meeting. So, Paco, as a progressive, uh, I absolutely think that uh, people like you uh, should be welcomed in the United States. I don't think that people of Mexico uh, entering the country need to have any proof of previous employment or have any ambitions for current employment. Criminal records bother us not. And I believe that you should have full rights to vote uh, and engage, of course, in any kind of political protest. That's your right as uh, newly minted Americans. <laughs> See? Thank you. Well, you're very welcome. My daughter, uh, as a matter of fact, is very fond of your country, was thrilled of this meeting, and I would love it if you could uh, assist in in getting her legalized there in your country. <laughs> no, no. What? No, that's not going to happen. Whatever do you mean, Paco? She has to work, pay taxes, go through a lengthy process, and she'll never be allowed to protest or vote, or maybe even own water from property. We can't just let anyone in. Well, that sounds very discriminatory of you. Yes. You're stupid. This has been a progressive ambassador for the United States gets bent over by Mexico. Glad to be back. Uh, coming up after the break, we will have Iraq veteran 8888. Yes, sir. Talking about the assault weapons ban. Uh, just put out a tweet. Is a border wall racist? We'll read your results later. This week, sorry, I got to hit the. I have to drink water. I got so parched. Parched. The dancing that uh, that karate. It was, it was getting angry we'll about the, the Mexicans. About, about the uh, the brown skins, Mexicans. He. Um, I don't know why. I don't know why we said that that at all. I don't know. I was trying to think of what's the least offensive term. Probably would just be Mexicans. We released a video this week on climate change, specifically on. uh, You can find it at ladderwithcredit.com. Specifically on climate change and this idea that if you don't accept the fact that humans are causing climate change to a catastrophic level, and Bernie Sanders or Hillary Clinton can fix it, you're a denier. Specifically, the fact that. Bill Nye said, well, maybe we should jail climate science deniers. Um, it's so, the, the comments were so predictable, immediately people going, oh, I, I'm going to agree with the 97% of scientists, before they clearly watched the video. Here's the thing, you look really stupid if you comment on a video before watching it. Uh, that consensus comes from, from, from really two sources, very small sample sizes. There has never been a polling of all uh, climatologists or all atmospheric scientists. It's, it's not true. It doesn't mean that most climate uh, atmospheric scientists don't agree to some degree on climate change. Here's the point, though. When people say that, it's, it's this appeal to authority fallacy, and you see it a lot. Well, I'm going to trust them. But if you can't make the case at all, you have no business simply deferring to them. 
And people got really mad. And some of the responses were hilarious. They said, well, wh- why'd you talk about the polar bears? There are more polar bears? Oh, that's a 10-year-old thing. No, it's not. F- Philip McAleer just, just cornered mm-hmm. Al Gornet a couple years ago. When we were growing, that was the main myth. Here's the thing. This matters. Nearly every single prediction on climate change from an inconvenient truth. It's not some... This is mainstream. It was the climate change movie. I had to watch it in high school. The hockey stick graph, the polar bears, the ice Mm -hmm. caps. All of them were wrong. That matters. Nearly all of these predictions from NOAA have been wrong. Kilimanjaro, there's still snow. Ice caps are still there. Polar bears are increasing. And that's something we also talked about. I, people, I'm joking about killing all the polar bears. We're the only apex predator who cares about the fact that we're an apex they're, predator. They're terrible. I like them at the zoo. Don't get me wrong. Oh. But I would shoot one in a heartbeat. Yes. Of course you would shoot one in a heartbeat. Anyway, they hunt humans. They do. And here's the deal. To like like sharks, we've blood. talked about this. We're going to get some ecologists to ever get mad at me. Sharks. Well, if you, if you kill them, it'll upset the ecosystem. Okay, if we kill all the great white sharks, the great the killer whales, the orca whales, will take care of the seals, the penguins, and you know what? I'm okay with more orcas. I'm okay with more seals. I'm I'm okay with them. They're adorable. They're they're aggressive. They are. They can be mean little little jerks, but I take my chances with the seal, nonetheless. No great white shark is saying, "Well, should I take out the orcas? Because then there'd be more seals for me. Seals are edible, right?" Seems like a win-win. Use them to light mm-hmm. lanterns. They're fat. And I can jet ski with the uh, worry-free. Mostly. <laughs> yes, exactly. Mostly. Uh, anyway, so it's a video that's up there. The, the reactions are predictable. You're not a scientist. Why don't you debate a scientist? Listen, we've invited scientists to come on and debate cl- uh, climate, uh, climate skeptics. They don't do it. Okay. Now, would I debate a scientist? No. I'll debate all the commentators on YouTube or on cable news who say, I'm not a scientist, and they aren't a scientist, I feel that we're equally qualified. But they require me to debate a scientist. I'll have two scientists debate, and I'll gladly host it if anyone is out there uh, who wants to do it. Another thing that really matters, peak oil. Peak oil is one of the biggest myths we've talked about. This matters because just check this off your list when people give you more predictions. Just go down polar bears, ice caps, uh, volatile weather. What about the hurricane seasons they predicted? Uh, Peak oil is something. Jimmy Carter said we'd hit peak oil, meaning the peak Mm -hmm. of oil production in 1985. And then I think in Time Magazine, as recent as 2010, peak oil. They've still been going on about it. It means we're running out of oil. And uh, guess what? We have access to more than ever. We have access to more than ever. Peak oil now, no one talks about it because it's embarrassing. Here's what's funny. Just Google peak oil and go to the environmentalist websites. Right now what they say, talk about moving goalposts. They say, well, it's not that oil is renewable. It's that we didn't foresee all the technological advances innovation. Go back and watch Milton Friedman. Go back and watch libertarians or John Stossel making the argument. The argument we always made was peak oil won't occur because of human innovation. So the people who work at NOAA, the people who work uh, uh, for the government talking about climate science who are screaming peak oil the entire time, you can run a quick search and see that all the conservatives on the right, the libertarians were saying it won't happen because of innovation, because of refining methods that will become more sophisticated, because of things like fracking. And now they're saying, well, we were right, but we couldn't have predicted that. We did! And you called us all deniers. And this is what's so crazy about it. This is what's so important. The peak oil thing, we've talked mm-hmm. about this. Leftists see everything as a pie. Get your yep. piece. Yep. They have and you don't have. This is, the oil, this is the energy. Here's a piece. Whereas People, conservatives, anti-authoritarians, libertarians see, okay, this is the pie right now. We can create five more pies. Fracking, new refining methods, cleaner coal, natural gas, wind, Mm -hmm. solar, all of them. 
Good example. Let's talk about employment. People, you deserve your piece of the pie. Want to talk about baking more pies? There was an article, at, uh, I think, in the New York Times about the myth of the job creator, that it's yep. not true. Jared was unemployed at one point. Everyone who works for Ladder with Crowder was unemployed. Uh, after Fox had a non-compete clause, I did consulting work, sold a screenplay, and I was unemployed. Well, guess what? Now there are five people who work full-time. Jared, Aaron, Courtney, Casey, Brodigan, with some part-time workers. That's a new pie. That wouldn't have been a part of the equation in the economy two years ago. Mm -hmm. And all of them, your check's clear? Yep. Those jobs were created out of thin air. And it's something that the left will tell you can't be done. They tell you it can't be done with energy, that it's finite, and they tell you that the economy is finite. And that's the big defining difference. And I think we're seeing that between Trump and Hillary. For all of his flaws, he gets this. He understands job creation. He understands wealth creation. That's a perfect, tangible example. Vice president, manager of media operations, Jared's job, it didn't exist. It wouldn't have been on the books. I think people, I think people devalue the the role that financial, um, the the financial incentive plays in that too. You know, we sure you needed a job, so you created one. Right. You, we need you know oil technology to be developed, so we go out and create it. If it's not there, plenty of oil. There's not as much innovation. Right. Um, people, people on welfare. There's not the financial incentive to move up the rungs if it's always being taken care of and you yeah. don't have to worry. No, you're right. Well, good thing now is now they're coming out and saying, oh, my gosh, there are fewer oil discoveries than in the last. We have to go to a break yep, and come soon. back to Iraq veteran. Oh, my gosh. We got in a roll. Iraq veteran, 8888. We're going to talk guns. Hold on to your butts. Stay tuned. On the Nature Network, narrated by Jasper Prunk. Oh, the water buffalo. A powerful, if oft misunderstood creature, also known by its scientific name, Chankis Uyghurus. Chankis? Chankis? We can do a pickup on that, right? Yes, Jasper. Chankis Uyghurus, deriving from the Latin terminology to insinuate of poor integrity. Mostly known as a docile, gentle, overall agreeable creature. When finding itself amidst adversity, however, transforms into a bombastic, disagreeable, formidable prick. Damn it, Jasper, just do the lines. No, no, I'm telling you, I was on a safari out there in India. I don't know if you call it a safari. We were in a jeep, and this thing came up and just started ramming it for no reason. Just say the lines. I think this is important. We're doing our viewers a service here. This water buffalo is not what he presents himself to be. Some people might think it's a good-natured, agreeable creature just looking to be pet, when really, he's misleading and just looking for a bar fight. What are you even talking about, Jasper? I'm talking about one of these things when I was out there with the ex-wife and the children almost bulldozed our SUV right over. For no reason before that, we were feeding the damn thing. We were supporting its livelihood. It just turned on us. Went everything against we thought it stood for. And then those park rangers fined my ex-wife because she fed them the wrong food and she had the nerve to send me the bill, by God. Yes, but just stop. Uh, do, do you know what that's like? Do you know what that's like to get a bill six months after an annulment for something you didn't even do? Do you know how soul-crushing that is? I bet if you did, you'd stop telling me to stop, you smug little sh- Stay tuned for more Wild at Large on the Nature Network. Narrated by Jasper Prunk.
All right. Glad to be back. That was Pogo playing. Everyone loves that music. Everyone does. Our guests were even dancing a little bit. One of my favorite channels to watch, uh, one of the biggest firearm channels on all of the interwebs, we have Eric and Chad from Iraq Veteran 8888 on YouTube. Thank you for being with us, gentlemen. Howdy. How you doing? Howdy. Look, right away, they know their audience. They're, they're, we don't say hello. Mm-mm. Not a hello stuff. It's like those oh, El Paso crap. salsa ads. New York City! Um, <laughs> only now they're voting for a New Yorker. Who thought? So, I wanted to have you guys on because this is an important election. You're one of the few firearm channels that doesn't shy away from, from discussing, not necessarily sort of politics, but the issues that matter. Uh, firearms is a big one uh, because you have the Clintons back rearing their ugly head. For those people who don't know, you were around for this. You've worked in the industry. The assault weapons ban. Uh, did it work? And, and just give us a recap for people who don't. Because it sounds nice. Well, yeah, ban assault weapons. What, what did it actually do? <laughs> they really didn't do anything. I mean, it lasted for 10 years. It was put in effect in 1994. And it banned mainly cosmetic features. And it didn't do anything. There was several research uh, groups that actually looked at the statistics. And it was minuscule at best. It wasn't even worth talking about and even the brady campaign came out and said oh well it actually did decrease crime a little bit well guess what there was a trend in decreasing crime after the assault weapons ban went in anyways right so it's kind of a moot point yeah but and then a lot of the statistics that those study groups take into account also include police shootings gang shootings things that are going to happen anyway all right like in your society let's face it cops have to shoot people i mean they run the danger. They, they are the people that are designated to deal with crap on a regular basis. So, of course, they're going to be put into situations on a regular basis where they may have to, to use deadly force against a, a potential subject or whatever. And then, you know, it's just one of those things. And like the cosmetic features, I do have an A2 here. There you go. Yes, it's loaded. But we're going to talk a little bit very quickly. So, like, the assault weapons ban banned really trivial features that are purely cosmetic on the firearm. didn't really change the overall function of the firearm. So here we got a bayonet lug, and they, they you know, you, you couldn't have a bayonet lug on a, on a gun, which nobody used a bayonet anyway. Well, what, one quick question. Wasn't it, it, it was even it was even a little bit more trivial than that, wasn't it, if you had two or more of these features, or depending on the combination sometimes, it could be banned or allowed? Basically, if it was a semi-automatic firearm and had a series of features that were banned under the 94 crime bill, then the, the rifle itself is banned, but... The thing with the 94 bill was anything produced or purchased before 1994 or whenever the, the ban actually took effect was grandfathered in. So that's where you get the terms pre-ban and post-ban. Okay. So, and the industry just basically, uh, they went with the program and they started producing firearms that, you know, uh, coincided with the ban and, you know, took off some of these cosmetic features and they still continue to sell guns. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the, uh, the anti-gunners out there called it a loophole. So, not really a loophole. I mean, the thing is, so basically Colt, you know, would make target rifles, yeah. like the SP-1, H-bars, H-bars, that are not too much different than what I'm holding, except the sight base wouldn't have a bayonet lug, and they wouldn't be threaded for any type of a flash hide or muzzle device or anything like that. Collapsible stocks, I think, were one of the things that were a big deal. So here, he's got a collapsible stock on this particular M4. Yeah, so that would have been illegal. Yeah, yes. band, these stocks had to be actually pinned in place to a full-length configuration, which doesn't change anything about the operation. Well, let me, let me ask you this. To play devil's advocate, what would they say the increased danger is with a collapsible stock? It's easily concealed. Because it looks... <laughs> <laughs> it's, literally, it's literally a cosmetic thing. You know, all right, here's a good example. There's a guy out there that makes these really pretty 
walnut stocks for ARs. I know that sounds weird because you don't associate like a pretty piece of walnut with an AR-15, but you could take this gun that I'm holding and put like pretty walnut furniture on it. You could Duracoat it like maybe a flat gray and, and get rid of the black look to it. And people would automatically, if you just laid them on a table along with other hunting rifles and you asked them, hey, what's the most deadly rifle on this table? They would not associate that in that way. We did that, actually. I don't know if you saw our recent video. We laid them out as a Citizens Coalition for Common Sense Gun Control. Everyone said, oh, yeah, the 30 6 was fine. But then when we showed them the rounds, everyone wanted to ban the 30 6 round. And so I think the kind of takeaway here, it's, it sounds trivial what we're talking about. The real, so the question is, okay, if these are cosmetic, it sounds silly, why? Well, the real reason why was to give the government a foothold in controlling weapons in a way that was unprecedented, right? Am I out of line on saying that? No, that's completely correct. And, you know, it, it, it's really scary to think about it overall because it, it goes to show you how gullible people really can be. And I, I think that with the anti-gun mentality, let's just say people that would support those kind of measures, a lot of those people are not, you know, unintelligent people. They're just uninformed. Exactly. So you look at the anti-gun mentality, it, they're either ignorant or they're insane or evil. So if you don't fit into the group of people who just wants to just blatantly do it for the obvious reasons, maybe you're just a guy that doesn't understand and you're uninformed and you, if you can be brought to kind of see the light, you'll understand that it's really nothing different about it. And see, the problem is the anti-gun mentality. A lot of these folks, you're talking like the Ivy League people and the guys that graduate from these prestigious colleges up north and everything. And they think, oh, well, everybody in the South's a dumb redneck. And they, they stereotype gun owners as like rednecks and overall sitting on their front porch chewing on a piece of straw and and watching the sunrise. You know, they, they think we're just a bunch of dumb yeah, actually hunters. That actually doesn't it's sound like a bad morning. Straw's delicious. That <laughs> sounds like a fun morning to me, you know. But the thing is, they, they think that we're a bunch of, you know, dumb, uneducated rednecks. And if you ask your average anti-gun guy who's just your traditional leftist, uh, well-educated anti-gunner who just thinks he knows everything, if you ask them if they've ever even met somebody in the South, they're probably like, what? Yeah, well, so, we did that video, and one guy actually told us. I'll send it to you after this. He said, uh, you know, these, all these they're getting their guns from the NRA. They think the NRA sells firearms. And these are smart people. The, the analogy I use is like, listen, you guys are bright. I consider myself marginally intelligent. I know nothing about the rules of lacrosse. I've never played lacrosse. I, unless you play, you probably don't know a ton about those rules. doesn't mean we're stupid. It means you don't know about lacrosse. That's them with firearms only. Uh, the Second Amendment is a fundamental right, and it could save your life. But it doesn't mean that I'm going to try to tell someone how to play lacrosse. That's I don't true. know. I don't know. You know I, I don't know anything about lacrosse, so why should I make a rule? Well, they right. do hit each other with sticks, which, as a former hockey player, just seems unbelievably brutal, and uh, we need stick control. Okay, so we move into this election. Clintons are back. Let me ask, for people who don't really understand, right, whether it's Trump or Hillary Clinton, we've tried to take a balanced view. What's at stake here? What does Hillary Clinton believe about firearms, and uh, and how would that affect the Supreme Court, the actual legislation? Is it fear-mongering? Are there legitimate concerns? Yeah, there's plenty of legitimate concerns. I mean, Hillary just frankly believes that no general citizen in the United States should be able to own a firearm at all. That's the ultimate goal right. of these people. And uh, just, just her mentality, she wants the entire populace disarmed. And the way that they go about doing that is very systematic and small little pieces at a time. So with a Clinton presidency or a new Clinton presidency, you could have swings in the Supreme Court, which is where a lot of 
you know, the rulings on um, potential legislation or laws and things like that, arguments come in play and is the final rule of the land. And uh, just like, like Heller versus D.C. and, and other uh, decisions like that. I mean, they swung on on five versus four votes. You know, I mean, it wasn't any there wasn't a decisive vote. It was a middle of the road vote with one swing. And that was it. And that shouldn't even be a thing. Like, yeah. if, if you're talking about the fundamental like rights of the people to bear arms and whether or not that's an individual right. How is that even a thing? It's How not, is that not a like unanimous like? Well, of course they do. In, in my personal opinion, and I speak for Eric too, I'm sure, but that is not up for discussion. I'm sorry, you know, it's not. No, it's right. it's not, and it's important. Like you're talking about these Supreme Court cases, cut through the social media drama, cut through people writing blogs. The four yep. four votes against it were not capacity, uh, you know, magazine capacity limitations. It was we have to say that based on our interpretation, private citizens have no right to own firearms whatsoever, and it should be left to local jurisdiction. That's terrifying. That is very terrifying. I mean, look at California. You know, I I I've always believed, and I know to be true that. You know, self-protection and self-preservation is a basic, fundamental human right, no matter where you are in the world. It doesn't matter if you, where you live, you have a right to defend yourself with at least the same force that everybody around you has. So if, I don't know, you're over in a grass hut in, in somewhere, some third world country, and the other guys have metal sharp sticks, should you have to have wooden sharp sticks? I mean, it, it's really just so terrifying that they think that way. and. The thing about the anti-gun mentality at the level of people like Hillary Clinton is, is she's actually not anti-gun. She's just anti-you having guns. And it, again, it's that greater than thou type attitude. Elitist mentality. It's elitist mentality of, oh, well, we can't let all the slaves and all the nobodies have guns. So that doesn't make sense. Only my bodyguard should have guns. Right. And you can tell a lot about a person by how they talk to their subordinates. And Hillary is downright evil to her subordinates. She yells at people. There's been cases where you've heard, like, people have overheard her yelling and being really rude to the Secret Service that's protecting her. Sure. And those people are there to protect your life, to, like, to make sure no one tries to do anything harmful to you. And you're going to be disrespectful to those people and yell at them and treat them like crap. You, you know, character goes a long way when you're running for office. I mean, I know that we've lost that. We've lost those ideals as a nation, and those principles seem to have kind of fallen to the wayside. But there was a time when men were respected and women were respected for their actions and what they do and how they treat people. And they were loved genuinely, not because of some title that's just given to them or they stole or they, you know, convinced somebody to give them, but because they really deserve it. Well, she did get an apartment in New York for a few weeks before she became a senator. So she, she put in the time. She did the work. She's not a slacker. It's actually upsetting to me. She has the perfect physique for concealed carry and puts it to no use. It's no just use. A, like a shelf. So many, so many shelves and crevices. No need to get a Creva clever hoster. Crevi? Crevi? I don't know. I don't know what the term is, but it's like, do you, what do you have, a custom holster? No. Just my oddly shaped body. Hillary Clinton, I mean. Sorry. I mean, you guys have probably heard about, uh, you know, like some of the, the physical issues that she's having. Like, there's, there's, there's health issues that have kind of come out, and, and eventually she's going to have to to answer that, you know, like some people think she has Parkinson's. She did. She opened a pickle jar. She opened a pickle jar. What more, what do, you more do you want? <laughs> so she's so she's got these like special SUVs that have to be purposely like low for her to be able to get in and out, and like they have to help her up to the podium, help her back, and there's been 
photos that, uh, oh, oddly enough, probably some of the Secret Service guys took that she's been you know, so, so Yeah, you know, here's how you can tell when Secret Service doesn't like you. Uh, like Barack Obama, when someone who you know is Secret Service videotaped his workout using three-pound dumbbells for like 40 minutes and leaked it, <laughs> that's not a guy who's your buddy. <laughs> it's not like, you know, if he's your friend, he goes, all right, we're going to get this right camera angle. We're going to make it look like you're deadlifting 450, okay? Instead, you're like, all right, get him doing shrugs with the three pounds and leak it to live leak. Um, okay, all right. Well, you know, edit in like these huge, like, <laughs> yeah, the, <laughs> the wincing. Ah, ah, ah. Um, so with Hillary Clinton, though, this is, would you say, because there's a lot of demagoguery, I guess people would say, where people, this is, America can't sustain this. This is the most pivotal election. Um, I don't know that this is the most pivotal in some other aspects, like economically, um, maybe foreign policy. I think she's, I think Obama and Hillary have been pretty consistent they've been worse in their in their uh carrying out of them but their foreign policy when it comes to firearms though and then we'll go to a break real quick is this the most consequential election you think in a long time in a while yeah i think so i mean because you've got basically another clinton coming into play and we know what the former clinton presidency you know uh gave us so and they've learned from their mistakes i think that there's also a double-edged sword there <laughs> You know, we know what we're getting with another Clinton. We, we know what to expect there. So mm -hmm. there's a little bit that that hurts them a little bit going into it because they know that they have to kind of, you know, act a certain way in order to, to not, you know, sway things that way. But then with Trump, it's like, you know, a lot of people don't like Trump. And I know that, you know, there's not a lot of support. So it's it's random. I mean, we don't know really. I mean, Trump says he supports the Second Amendment, but. Well, let's talk about that. After, hold that thought. We'll talk about that after the break because we have to go to our evil corporate overlords. Iraq veteran 8888, if you change the channel, we're going to buy an assault weapon in your name. Don't do it. Please. Don't do that. Former governor of Minnesota, Jesse Ventura here, the bot. This week, while the tabloids are trying to keep you distracted with your mind on Donald Trump going down to Mexico, or the feud going on between Kim Kardashian and Taylor Swift as they Instagram pictures of their fat asses, that's just the mainstream media trying to keep you out in the cold from the issues that really matter. Like the fact that Hillary Clinton's security detail and their complicit ass munchers in the media are trying to actively cover up the fact that Hillary Rodham Clinton has stage 4 Zika virus. Know the facts. When it's time to party, we will party hard. Glad to be back. Glad to have some gamers here who've come on. They're willing to dance. We have Eric and Chad from YouTube.com slash IraqVeteran8888. Oh, by the way, I, thank you for your service. We should have said that before. People going to write letters. Oh, yeah. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. Um, so you were talking about this before the break, because we now that we've spent all of our time just defecating on Hillary Clinton, you said with Trump, you'd like to think he's pro-Second Amendment, but Chad, you seem to have some reservations or, or maybe unsure. Uh, explain that a little bit. 
you look at some of his past uh, history and just some of the things that he said back in the uh, you know early to mid '90s and even later on. You know, Trump used to be a a you know Democrat basically, and he said some things about firearms that were not exactly pro Second Amendment. But now it's you know he's changed face, become a Republican, you know, or a conservative in name. You know, and some people think that he's a rhino, which is a Republican in name only, um, and that he's running as a conservative. But really, no matter who wins the election, some people think that we're still going to have democratic ideals in the White House. So it's, it's, it's a scary situation because I don't know, it's just it's that trust factor. It's like, can we really trust Trump? But, I, I mean, I would say I think you're I think I listen, I've had those issues and I think correctly so on things like immigration, where he sometimes kind of pivots on the economy and taxes. I think and correct me if I'm wrong, either Eric or Chad, whoever wants to chime in with the Second Amendment. It is such a winning issue, and it is one that they cannot risk pissing off their base. I think he would have to acquiesce to people like like you and myself. I think that's kind of a, a, a fail-safe. Well, that's very important to mention, too, because, you know, uh, the NRA endorses Trump. Right. So, you know, the NRA wouldn't come out and say, hey, you know, we're endorsing Trump for president. If they, I'm sure that there's like this talk to go on behind the scenes where they probably sat down with him and, and ca- probably got the skinny and, and probably thought, okay, this guy's a pretty good chance for the Second Amendment. Now, you know, granted, um, you know, Eric Trump, isn't that his son? Eric, I believe is his name, yes. Eric Trump. Uh, his, his, Eric Trump's son loves to shoot. And there's been uh, multiple people in the industry that I've dealt with on a regular basis that have like shot with him. They said he loves guns and everything like that. So, you can't imagine like a, a gathering of the Trump family get together and, and, and hanging out and, and then a few guns not get broken out and have some fun, do some shooting. I mean, come on. Well, I'm not saying that's the only thing. You think he, like during the apprentice when he was firing people, he had the old, uh, he had the old Valentine's day massacre gun uh, bolted <laughs> underneath the table. <laughs> yeah. So the thing is, it's like, it, it's, there's a very big difference between, all right, I took a, a two-shot shotgun and went out and shot trap, and I own an AR, or to the other's perspective, I own an AR and a handgun for self-defense. Right. Those are two very different aspects of the Second Amendment, I believe, and you've got people who go, yeah, I support the Second Amendment, but do they really understand what, what it's really about, what, what it really means in this country you know, that we now have, over a course of the last 20 years, we've seen a huge influx in the self-defense gun culture that the culture of self-defense the, the the culture of responsibility and i believe that that has come full circle now and there are more gun owners now than ever who embrace the idea of the culture of self-defense to include women now you know well i would people. love to get you guys on board and i'm not the pressure on air but we're, we're going to do a video with dave rubin out in california he has a show on youtube pretty popular he's he's a moderate sort of uh gay center left i think he just endorsed gary johnson but he had never owned a firearm and this is my theory i've said listen if you know someone who's on the fence who've never owned a firearm hashtag and we got it trending hashtag gift a gun buy a gun have it shipped to their FFL, so that way they have to go through the paperwork because all it takes for someone to know that Hillary Clinton is lying, all it takes to know that someone like Barack Obama is lying, is for that person to have ever bought a gun. Whenever they hear someone on TV say, you can get these guns with no background checks, even a liberal but who had a gun given to them as a gift is going to say, but, but bullcrap, I had to do that. And uh, I think that'd be a great thing to get more people on board just just getting other people, even if they end up selling it or trading it in, at least they've had to go through the process and they understand there is a process. Yeah, I mean, not only that idea that you're talking about, 
but also getting them out to the range because I think that's that's the real crux. It, it's sure. not so much the like getting the gun and doing the paperwork. Okay, then you go out in your car and you're like. No, no, well, I mean, it's, but a two-prong because the, the, the lie that you don't need to do any paper, it's easier to get a toothbrush, uh, it's easier to get a gun than a toothbrush, and then get them, obviously, training if they want to use it, but just getting them in the process so they know that's a lie, it's very easy to debunk. And they, they know it's not just as easy as going into a grocery store and buying, like, a little package, like in a meat package with a pistol in it. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, oh, wait, wait, Is this still good? At the supermarket, you know, that's like the, the misconceptions that we were talking about earlier, and just the public ignorance as a whole. I mean, you, you think, okay, you hear the gun show loophole all the time. It's like, oh, the gun show loophole, we have to close that. Well, guess what? It doesn't really exist. Right. I mean, you a gun show, if you buy from a dealer, you still have to be paid for it. Right. If you right. have a carry permit, you can buy without going through a background check because you've already been through an extensive federal background check to obtain that carry permit. Right. And people do not know the process, and they just think, oh, well, I could just go out and just buy a gun on the street. Oh, on the street. That's well, the where's the stuff. thing that started uh, online? Street. You can get it online with no background check. Just that's that's a big thing too. I mean, if you buy a gun online, you can get you know normally a better price, or you buy something on GunBroker that's used or like antique or whatever. It still has to ship to an FFL, and you still have to right. transfer it through that FFL. It's not direct to your door unless you have but here's system. my point we know this the people who have never done it can't know that and so they take it at face value well i could just order a, a gun from nobackgroundcheck.com it'll ship to my door with my amazon pantry well i got <laughs> well no and i'm glad that there are channels out there like i think the the firearm community we've talked about this is a great sort of microcosm uh for people to see there they tend to lean more right they're more conservative but they're more free thinkers and they're not just married to the the left right paradigm and so it's more indicative of um of a diverse sort of sort of uh i guess sort of intellectual diversity you see there and um i'm glad to see more people on there so real quick before we go it's got where can people best find you uh, go on to YouTube and just type in Iraq Veteran 8888. We'll pop up. We've got over a thousand videos on YouTube. We do all different kind of stuff. We have a series called Gun Gripes where we basically talk about these exact subjects. Uh, in fact, the spirit of this video makes me think exactly of that. Like the 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 like you mentioned, like forward thinking and kind of open minded. So that that's definitely what we're all about in terms of individualism. I mean, that's the biggest thing that we we get at is just. Be an individual. Don't be a subject. Be an individual. Be responsible for yourself. Right. Absolutely. The right to basic human self-preservation. Eric, Chad, thank you so much. But we have to let them go back to chew their straw. Iraq veteran 8888. Stay with us or you're racist. Being president's a hard job. It requires a candidate who's healthy, vibrant, and full of stamina. Hopper wants your vote, but here he is at the veterinarian clinic. Look at him, he can barely walk. Is he addicted to painkillers? Here he is wearing the coat of shame. It's so big he can't even get on the couch. What's he trying to hide? If a candidate won't release their veterinary records, you can't trust them with your country. Fit for the presidency, Hopper says? I think not. Unfit, unqualified, and un-American. Paid for by Sheldon Acorn Sims Quarrelceuticals.
Glad to be back with you. I think not Gage Jared's camera's not working. It's not working. It, it uh, the power outage just fried it. He had something wrong with his his whole deal going at the first day of the uh, of the YouTube new rules. Hashtag YouTube is over party. Uh, and this happens. It's the first time our stream goes out, so we appreciate you guys watching or listening to the podcast. So this is what's happened. This is big right now in the news. Um, YouTube today, or this week, just decided to implement some new rules with advertising. This is important for you to know. Whether you're on YouTube, whether you're not, the YouTube community is really upset. Uh, but this is how it affects you. And the new guidelines to determine whether uh, a video is advertiser-friendly includes no foul language, also, no controversial topics. So they've been demonetizing videos in record numbers. This has been happening with YouTube. Some of the biggest YouTubers out there have had this. And uh, we had a few. We had a few videos that were demonetized. Not all of them. But let me sort of give you some inside baseball here. A couple of things. Um, we, I've been on YouTube for a long time. YouTube has the right, I want to be clear with this, YouTube has the right to remove anyone they want from their platform and to not monetize videos. However, YouTube has never created content, really. YouTube has simply provided a platform. YouTube would not be a multi-billion dollar entity if not for the people who create content on YouTube. Mm -hmm. Your camera's working. Your camera's working. You look at hey you. You're a YouTube uh, guy too. I've been on there since 2006. Uh, we were some of the first partners. Now, YouTube created a partner program. In other words, they pay people a split of advertising revenue to create content on YouTube. Why? Because otherwise there'd be no reason to be on YouTube. So to build this business, they courted people to create content and they courted them under the guise of, hey, open expression, as long as you bring an audience, you can make money. Now they're getting greedy and saying, eh, we want all the money, we want more advertisers, we want premium advertisers, so we want to turn YouTube into the Disney Channel. And uh, they're going after channels left and right. Let me give you some inside baseball from us. We were with a studio with YouTube, Studio 71. Now, I don't think I'm saying, you know, you always have to be careful because of moral turpitude clauses, so I will only say exactly what has happened. I won't give an opinion. We've gone back and forth with these people in Studio 71. I'm pretty sure, you know, they're out there in California. I'm pretty sure they're not conservatives. I knew that going in. Give you an idea. I've worked with people at YouTube, and we've dealt with issues. I worked with someone there at Google. She was very nice. She never knew somebody ever in her life who had owned a gun, nor could fathom the reason someone might want to own a gun. These are the people setting the guidelines at YouTube. That's important for you to know. Um, we were with Studio 71. Immediately after, it could be entirely coincidence, we went after the Young Turks and made fun of them. Not mm -hmm. Jared, you need, you need to back me up on this. Yep, yep, it's true. 100%. They told us this ha relationship hasn't gone the direction we expected it to go. We think it's probably better if we part ways. To be fair, I had said that before. To the day, today, where all the videos are being monetized across different platforms, we were officially released from Studio 71. And every single one of our videos was demonetized. Every single one. Now, I think they're going to be remonetized. Um, here's the thing. I, I understand this is advertiser-driven, so you need to look at the advertisers if they're the ones who are creating these guidelines and list them publicly. Uh, I don't th believe that every single advertiser finds gun to be an offensive word. That's one thing on YouTube. We've noticed if we create a video on YouTube and we say gun in the title, your, your video is not approved. It can't be advertised. Uh, it's not advertiser friendly, right? Well, they still put ads on it and they, they make money. They just don't pay their partners who yep, create the content. Yep. That's an important portion too. There still will be some form of ad. You just won't make money on it. So do they have the right? Yes. Is this censorship? No. Here's what's so important. This is the mob mentality, the bullying, right? If they tell people don't say gun, you say, okay, I'm going to criticize it. You can't criticize Islam. 
if they say you can't say anything politically incorrect, you can't make fun of feminists, what happens? People who now depend on YouTube for their livelihood, they begin to self-censor. We even said, well, how can we get around gun? We use words like firearm. You can't use firearm. Second Amendment, they still flag it. So this has been happening with YouTube. Uh, they haven't necessarily had our back. Uh, one thing I want to talk about, we haven't been hit as bad because we don't cuss a lot. It's not necessarily ideologically driven for people asking these questions. It's not necessarily ideologically driven from what we've seen on YouTube. It does seem like profanity plays a big factor. We don't do that a lot. Not because we can't. Uh, the show is syndicated terrestrially. You've probably heard, though, if you could count on one hand the amount of times that I've, I've said something that wouldn't be allowed on traditional TV. Why is that? It's not that it offends me. We've had people, one of my, my favorite comedians, Nick DiPaolo, is as profane mm -hmm. as he gets. It's just not really me. It's not really not gay Jared. And I will say this. I, I have no problem with someone who can be incredibly articulate who uses cussing to punctuate a sentence. My dad, when he swears, is, it's hysterical. Oh, yeah, yeah. But it's definitely a crutch, and I do think this is entirely personal preference. Um, we try and keep the organic nature of being online, but, but the professionalism in our language and the ability to articulate a point that you would expect uh, from someone in traditional media. We, we try to elevate that. And I do think that people who rely... Well, let's just roll these clips. It just feels kind of hack sometimes, the people who need to accentuate every word with a cuss word because the teacher's not watching. Let's see if you see what I mean. Right-wing PC outrage. Same thing here with this shit. Because we'd have a shittier country with a bunch of idiots running around yeah. without education. We need to get the fuck up. Because they're emotional little babies. I say, get the fuck over it. And I'm going to say that now to the right-wingers. Get the fuck over it. Stop being little PC right-wing bitches. That's what you are. And when people are buying Shit. Get the fuck over it. We, you know, we should all not try to fucking. Well, there must be punishment for this. We're, we're making more shit than we've ever made yeah. before. Yes, you certainly are. <laughs> um, you know, you hear what you hear. It just doesn't sound very professional. That it is just not. Sounds uh, like someone who's a yeah. lot of people who go, uh, uh. It's it's a word whisker. They're trying to think. The f word. Uh, by the way, anyone can make a highlight reel. That did not take long to come up no. with. And by the way, the only reason we use Kyle Kalinske, I know some of you are fans, is because he, he addressed me and insulted me in his last video, yeah. but then refused to show up for debate. And I really admire the guy. He just he just he knows how to frame a shot. And I just, that yes, me. stop it. <laughs> come on, he's not a professional. And that's the point. Um, we try to elevate this a little bit. So it's, it's not, it, we don't not swear because anyone tells us not to. Uh, we have, it's just, it's just not, you know, listen. Someone thinks they're being real and authentic and, and, and cussing. Um, I wouldn't be authentic if that's what I did. We probably we say some stuff off air that we wouldn't say on air sometimes. Probably sometimes things, you know, you say things with family members that you trust them. But I think a lot of people are um, surprised when they meet me and they come up or they ask for a picture that it, it, it's pretty much what you hear on the program. It's not all that different. Mm -hmm. maybe, maybe I'm a little shyer in person. Um, is that, is that a fair assessment? You're pretty much the same, too. I don't think yeah. either of us are very different. No. People say, at all. oh, it's just like talking on air. So no. this is the way we talk. And so that's why we don't swear a whole lot. And, yeah, uh, again, I come from, you know, traditional media, Fox News, film, radio, uh, CNN, all of these, you know, BBC. You name the network, I've done it. And so they have guidelines, and it's somewhat ingrained into me. Uh, I, I'm getting texts from Iraq veteran now. We're going to have Dave Rubin up next. Something else, too. Uh if we were to ever go daily, hashtag never daily. You, if you want to know how to support us because of the demonetization, it's very simple. Here are the free things you can do. Bookmark louderwithcrowder.com. If you're listening to this on radio or on YouTube, subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud or your Android device. Sign up for the mailing list. All of these things are free. If you like the content, it allows us to get a hold of you. Uh, if YouTube tries to ban us or if, if Facebook, as we've had these tussles mm -hmm. before... 
And I will say this. If we were to ever go daily, if it were ever which to we, be a part of the discussion, there's, ne- there's not a, an announcement coming in October or November. Um, we're not going to do a Patreon, a $1 here, or $2 there. If we were to ever do it, it would be created in a way so that we could sustain what we do. Here's the thing. You can't complain about censorship on YouTube and then not pay for content. It would be something in a way that we want to provide such immense value, you would feel compelled to pay. It wouldn't just be me. It would be a network of people. If we were to ever go daily, perhaps some top YouTubers you would like, perhaps some number one New York Times bestsellers who you would like, you go, man, I wish they had a show. If we were to ever actually do a daily show, we would take everything that's free now is free. It'll always stay free. Okay. But we would take that daily show off of YouTube for reasons like the stream tonight, for reasons like YouTube demonetizing it so that you can support. If you want to support what we do, great. We don't try and hawk you a bunch of stuff. We don't want your money if you don't want to support the program, and we don't want to ask for charity. We want to create something that's of value and partner up with the right people. If we were to ever go daily, but hashtag never daily, we're not going to do it at any point. So, and this is the reason for that. You don't want to be dependent. I think that Drudge called them social media ghettos. Uh, I think the backlash is going to be unbelievable with YouTube because unlike Facebook or Twitter, you know, Facebook, your grandmother's on and they post cat pictures. YouTube is entirely dependent on the content. Cute. Have, you seen, have you seen the newest ones? Well, I've seen the prairie dogs testicles. Yeah, I've also seen the uh, the, Nor- the Norwayish the Nor- reindeer. The Norwegian reindeer. You couldn't find. No. You were you, you were deliberating over that. Yeah, for like Norwegian? at least a couple minutes. I think. In fact, I, I thought about it for like the last minute. I thought I had it right, and I went with that. That was um, a one minute thought there. Oh, that's right. Now we have Colin Kaepernick next. Yep. He's texting me. We're going to have Colin Kaepernick next before Dave Rubin. Uh, so we wanted to talk about that. It's it's pretty clear they have the YouTube has the right to do what they do. But here's something that's really clear. You know YouTube, obviously, is run by leftists. You know Facebook, Twitter, Silicon Valley. They're all very, very far to the left. Look at their safety councils. They're all blue-haired, hairy-pitted, unshaven feminists. This is what they do. The left doesn't believe in freedom of speech. Uh, It's not a part of the platform. And I don't just mean Democrats in the United States. I mean the movement. I mean Bernie Sanders. I mean socialists in Canada. I mean socialists in the UK. It's not a part of their platform. If you can point me... In the United States, to any mainstream conservative Republican platform that calls for the banning of offensive speech, I would be shocked. Don't reach all the way back for Tipper Gore after Columbine and, and, and violent video games. Even if you're a liberal, this is one thing, yeah, and we'll talk about that with, with Dave Rubin. You have to acknowledge private businesses have the right to do this, but when they're, it almost always happens when it's run by leftists. Speech eventually degrades. It to the point that it evaporates. So hopefully we've crystallized our thoughts, and we're not going anywhere. We're going to be on YouTube. We're still going creating free content. We may we may take a financial hit. And your living room, staring at your children. And your living that is well, it's it's not necessary. Hey, there, bald baby. I saw you on Twitter. I, you know, it's, it's that was re- that was too much. That was creepy. It was, was that too, too much. It was too was much. That the, was that the line? Yeah, it was the I line. I found the line. Well, when you went descriptive with the baby, generic <laughs> baby is fine. Descriptive just seems a whole. Hey new there, generic hey, baby. Hey, after the break, Colin Kaepernick. Kaepernick? Kaepernick. Kaepernick. I don't know. Apparently he's black. We didn't know that either. And now, Anna Kasparian makes a salient point. Because we absolutely need to stand for equality in our current economic system. Well, okay, we can have that discussion, but I'm not entirely sure how you mean. I mean, we need to have... Equality in our current economic system. Stay tuned for more. Anna Kasparian makes salient points. 
Lauren, what are you doing? Shoot baggage. With what? My AR-15. Where'd you get it? AR-15.com. Oh, there's another one. You got him. Yeah. Thank God for AR-15.com. They have AR-15 and accessories for sale and the best advice there is on the web. Oh, no, there's another one. You got him. Yeah. With your what? AR-15. From where? AR-15.com. That's the best place to go, and that's the takeaway because this commercial's about to stop. Glad to be back. Our next guest, a big scoop. Big scoop. Uh, and it is. I assume, do we have him? We do. We uh, have him on the line. Let me know. Let me, are we ready? I think so. Uh, I, I don't want to waste his time because he's very busy. He's, he's an important there. guy. He's been at the top of the news. You know him. He's, uh, I don't follow, he's an NFL quarterback, right? Yeah, I think so. But he's been in the news for refusing to stand during the national anthem, talking about how he won't support a, a country that oppresses black people, caused some waves. Colin, Mr. Kaepernick, are you there? Yes, Stephen. How are you? I'm very glad to see you. Thanks for making the time, Mr. Kaepernick. Oh, anytime, Stephen. Well, thanks. Uh, you, I know you're a busy man. Listen, a lot of people, let's dive right into it, are sympathetic to your concerns, I think. Um, I know, even though I don't agree with you, I'm certainly sympathetic. Uh, but they've raised issues, and I would feel this way, on how you've chosen to go about raising awareness for them. So do you think maybe you're hurting your cause more than helping it than if you did it in a more productive way. Uh, look, Stephen, this is how you make friends. Uh, you know, when the TSA slows down the airport security line because they want more funding, are the people in line mad at the TSA? No, they love yeah. the TSA. They got their hands up. No, no, no. I, don't you think you might turn off people, though, by, by sort of uh, spitting on something so revered? Like, what will you do when this, this is a stunt, when the shock wears off? No. First off, look, to get people to like you, uh, you need to disrespect uh, what they value. I feel like that's pretty... Uh, I don't think that's how it works. But no, I, I, uh, you know, I learned it in a book. Um, Are you going to pivot to something that maybe could earn some sympathy? Yeah, well, no, this is, this is part... This is, look, this is not just something I thought of uh, off the cuff. This is, part, this is the one prong of a multi-prong okay. uh, fork. What's prong uh, number I'm two? Also gonna, I'm going to hold a, a, a charity Frisbee golf tournament. Well, that doesn't, that doesn't sound so bad. Oh. Yeah, yeah, we're going to have it over at the Arlington National Cemetery. It's going to oh. be great. Bruno right. Mars is going to be there. Now, see, Colin, this is what we're talking about. It seems like you're using these, these sort of political third rails... You know what I mean, Jared, that for seems publicity, that seems and maybe. it just seems a little bit uh, uh, scummy, and you're doing more harm to your cause no, than good. No, no, I, I, look, this is how you have to do it, you know, uh, like I said, you know, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm not going to stand, uh, you know, for the, for the anthem. End of story, I'm not going to be complicit in a system that has... Uh, works for a privileged class but not for the common man which is why Stephen, i would like to announce on your show i'm also not taking any uh tax deductions this year really none mm -hmm. no, none I at all not. you're sure not none none how i mean how could i Stephen, uh if i'm railing against the system that uh, that is working for a privileged class but uh, seems a, a little bit hypocritical i, uh, but, I guess yeah um, we, all, we all need to unite right now by by rejecting a symbol of, of unity, the flag? Boom. 
boom, you got it. See, they'll never see it coming, Stephen. This is like looking off the safety. This is what we do in football. Um, all right, Colin, let's keep going like this is going really well. Are you worried at all? I mean, Jerry, don't you think – do you think people might take this as a blanket indictment, some of the things that you say, Colin, against law enforcement? There's some concern with that after Dallas. Do you think some people might misinterpret it? I, I'm trying to give you some more room here, leeway. Look, Stephen, I, I, I think uh, blankets have very, very little to do with this. I got nothing about against blankets, be they – comforter or a duvet. Uh, I've even been known to use a Snuggie from time to time, but I don't want to distract from the issue at hand. Okay, um, let's go with <laughs> that. Yeah, yeah do you, uh, let's go with that. Do you, do you have like a, do you have a favorite blanket? Blankets. Uh, a throw. I'm a quarterback, Stephen. Okay. <laughs> what, I see, see what, what I did, did there. there. I don't. Yeah, I don't know if quarterbacks are known as much for the for the jokes. Uh, no. All right, you've, you've no. taken this stand. Does it stop here? Or are you going to be more hands-on in uh, in communities here uh, in Definitely, the United States going Stephen. forward? Definitely, absolutely. You know, I'm going to make an announcement when that that uh, when it comes, my plans come closer to fruition. Um, you know, I, I want to increase awareness of these issues with kids, uh, which is why we're actually organizing a Pokemon uh, Go gathering. Oh, well, that that sounds that sounds interesting. Yeah, over at the Holocaust Museum. Oh, jeez. I've also put together a bit of a brain trust of some of my uh, celebrity friends, some of the brightest guys I know, Chris Brown, uh, Ryan Lochte, uh, Paul Krugman. So it's pretty exciting. It's pretty exciting. Got a lot of stuff going on. Okay, Colin, it seems like you're getting – you're more in tune with current events these days. Would that be a fair assessment? It seems like you're taking I, an interest. That is fair to say, Stephen. Uh, so then while I have you here, what are your thoughts on um, – I mean, I think it would have you're, – you're African-American part – uh, I didn't research this very much. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I, I believe let's let's go with that. Uh, what are your thoughts on the global refugee crisis? Uh, should we be taking in? Let's go. Should we be taking in more Afghans, for example? Stephen, this is your second question about blankets. Uh, I, I'd like to keep this on on topic. Ah, the Afghans. All right. Uh, you know what? I don't think you're very well equipped, Colin Kaepernick, to deal with the social issues in the United States. That's um, fair. Do you? <laughs> Do you have anything left to say? Any any, any parting words? No, uh, no. Uh, check me out week one. Uh, start me in fantasy. Start, all right, Colin <laughs> Kaepernick, everybody. Hang up on him. Hang go. up on him. We, we got to fire a booker. <laughs> and by that I mean myself, of course. I don't know how I have, I fire this me. happens sometimes. Um, Colin Kaepernick, everybody. He doesn't deserve an outro. He doesn't really deserve an outro. He doesn't deserve a whole lot of time, this man. No. Um, we, it is one of those... I Honestly, with Colin Kaepernick, I had no idea that he was black. Let's be honest here. When you saw him, you thought probably Lebanese, something I like that. I would say he would... I, I would bet on him, him serving my, my shawarma over my chicken. <laughs> See, I just, said, I just said something that was a fact. Maybe Lebanese. And then you took it to a, to a stereotype. Do you see how this happens? Do you see how you think you're following my lead and you just screw it up? See, that's a bad thing. Back to you, Stephen. <laughs> um, we're getting, man, the things are just lighting up with the YouTube party is over um, and people's talking about, listen, we said we're not going daily. I'm just saying if we were to ever go daily, we want to provide you with a, a tremendous and incredible value. Um, we work really hard in this program, and if we were to ever go daily, which we won't, we would make sure that the quality doesn't suffer. It would only be done with, with a team. We talked about pies. But the power doesn't go down in the middle of a live stream. <laughs> the power to your TriCaster. Um, if we were to do that, like we've talked about Golden Ticket, we're going through submissions, um, there would be more 
pieces to a whole new pie as far as people being employed. Isn't that wonderful? Mm-hmm. There, there, there's a lot to love about the United States. I hope people understand that. There's both both people in this election right now, whether it's Hillary Clinton or Donald Trump, the implication is that America isn't great or someone can fix it. It really doesn't need all that much fixing. It needs someone to get out of the way. We're proof positive of that. I know so many other people on YouTube. They're entrepreneurs. Dave Rubin is one of those guys, and he's coming up next. Coming Dave up next. Rubin, our resident favorite Dave Rubin. Game. Love that game. And now it's time for your Dating Advice Minute with Bill Cosby. Now this week's letter comes to me from Representative Anthony Weiner in the state of New York City undisclosed. He writes, Mr. Cosby, I have found myself in a predicament of hot water. Namely, because I've been unfaithful to the wife, to the mama's wife, because there are some Instagram models with pictures of me, more specifically, Mr. Beaver-Boop-Dop-Down-Down-Below-The-Belt-Line. He goes on to say that this is self-inflicted because he can't stop sending pictures of and wants to know how to handle the situation. Now, Mr. Weeder, I'm on a level with you. I don't know a whole lot about the Apple phone and the iComputer with all the technology. Back when I was in the, the game with the Nota Mac, I was more traditional. I didn't need the internet. I didn't need the Apple Store with applications. All I needed was some coffee and some drugs. So my advice, if you could get the wife to reach you for coffee and get some drugs and the coffee, then you take it home and do the hip-hop, new-pop, This has been your Dating Advice Minute with Bill Cosby. We have our guest, straight-faced, stone-faced. He wants us to know that he does not find us amusing. You can find him mm-hmm. on YouTube.com slash Ruben Report, all over the social media. Good friend of the show, Dave Rubin. Thank you for being here, sir. Crowder, have you ever thought of doing one of those, like, eight-hour, you know those things on YouTube, those meditation things, just an eight-hour video where they just they play some music and then you just see some, it's usually psychedelic stuff, but I feel like a good cut of your head bobs would uh, get people tripping. It would sell. Sounds like a Shia LaBeouf experiment. It sounds like a Shia LaBeouf experiment. Yeah. Uh, only I'm not nearly. I as... was looking at you very stoically. I, I was judging you. you so were, yes, yes, exactly. I could feel. I could feel the judging piercing through because he appears to be broadcasting from some sort of cheesecloth. I don't know what Dave Rubin is doing. His camera went like totally blurry. It's like a like a short circuit. Is, 
I don't know about we're in our studio today, although I'm on a laptop at the moment because we're running a bunch of tests. That's but when fun. Steve Crowder says do my show, I drop everything. Well, thank you very much. I'm glad that I you canceled. I had I had a seven figure deal that I was about to sign. I said, no, no. Crowder needs this, me. This is typical YouTube. Speaking of big deal, you came out, you've endorsed, have you endorsed or just have just said that you're voting for Gary Johnson? For those who don't know, Dave Rubin, sort of a moderate liberal. Uh, I don't want to mischaracterize him, but I was surprised to hear the Gary Johnson. Was it just the Johnson yeah. thing? Let's, let's, let's be real. Well, here's my thought on Gary Johnson. So I didn't, I didn't say I'm going to vote for him. And what I did was, I guess you could call it an endorsement. What I basically said in a 14-minute in a direct-to-camera video was that we desperately, whether you like Trump or you like Hillary or you hate Trump or you hate Hillary or some combination thereof, it is pretty freaking obvious to anyone that has a couple neurons firing in their brain in this country, not that there's many of us left, but there are a couple of us left, and it's pretty obvious to us that we need a third voice in this. Gary Johnson is not a perfect candidate. He's not even a particularly strong candidate. But some of the things that he talks about, about being socially liberal, so he doesn't care who you sleep with, he doesn't care who, what you smoke, having low taxes, strong defense, but not to nation build, just so that we don't have to use our defense. Right. So we'll have a strong defense. He's for the, the Second Amendment. He's pretty good on free speech. He was a successful two-term Republican governor in a blue state. Basically, my point was, I don't think this guy is perfect. By the way, he's not even... Uh, a lot of the libertarians don't like him. You know, he wanted to force the, the gay cake bakers to bake the cake. Yeah. I'm a liberal, and I didn't want to force them to do that. So I, I don't think the guy's the perfect candidate. But at no, if nothing else, let's get one more voice in one debate. And Jill let's Stein just wasn't guy. doing it for you? <laughs> I mean, she's just, a, she's just a total nutbag. Like, we don't have to waste any sense on her. She's yeah. just nuts. But, but let's get one guy, one time third guy in there, get him to 15%. And then, yes, either after that, Hillary will have him killed or whatever. He won't get in a second one, obviously. But there's a couple of weeks here where we could get enough juice behind him to get in there. I don't even think he would do particularly well. But my point is, no. let's get some of these ideas heard. Well, he's used to debating uh, fat strippers at the Libertarian Convention. So making it to the <laughs> national stage might be a little bit By difficult. The way, I, I mentioned that the party's a freaking mess. The, the Libertarian Party, they never do anything down ticket. They think their only chance is to get the presidency first. I mean, the, the whole party. And look, a party that's brought together on liberty, meaning individual liberty, it's hard to get these people with like a unifying principle behind them. Well, yeah, so and, the you party, and you have that even with the Republican Party, C certainly more so than the Democratic Party. That's what I talked about. If you look at the Republican debates, you had all different kinds of people. Right? You had black, white, women, older, younger, every, everything you could imagine. It was a very diverse color palette, gender palette, whatever it is that you want to toss in there, the Republican. Uh, then it was just a bunch of old white people, Democratic debates in the primaries, and they agreed on everything. Ideologically, you had uh, pro-pot people like Gary Johnson, Rand Paul, who were non-interventionists. You had war hawks like Chris Christie. You had people who weren't politicians like Ben Carson, Carly Fiorina. You had sort of populists like Donald Trump. And on the left, they agreed on everything except they bragged about who got the lowest rating from the NRA, and they all just excoriated Bernie for only getting a D-. So, yeah, even more so with libertarians, but I th hopefully people on the left are seeing, hey, it's irrefutable now that there's more intellectual diversity coming from the right at this point. Well, look, if you wanted the best situation for both parties, and again, I still think we desperately, desperately need a third party, a viable third party, and that's why I did what I 
what I did with Gary Johnson, even if it's not the third party for 2020. We just have to put these people on notice. Stop giving politicians your money. And that, that's what everyone should do, number one. Stop, even if you love somebody, just stop giving them your money. And if they won't do it because you're not giving them their money, then they're the wrong person in the first place. But to your point, yeah, the Republicans had 17 people. The Democrats really had two, and they pretended to have three with, with uh, what's his name, uh, O'Malley. And then Man. there was that one day with they had the four with Lincoln Chafee, which was an absolute yeah. joke. Chafee and but then the, the other the other guy who was actually the decent one, what was his name? The old, uh, old vet. Uh, oh, uh, Webb, Jim Webb. He was yeah. the only decent one on that stage. Well, Jim Webb, it was funny because he came off as like a evil 80s character in a Steven Seagal movie, you know, like, a, like usually that's Steven Seagal gone rogue or something. But he obviously represented a Democratic, you know, the blue dog Democrats. That, and that party doesn't exist anymore. That, no. that group doesn't exist anymore. Um, but if you want what's best for the country. I think you'd split the difference between those two things. So you wouldn't have 17 Republicans because it was just an orgy of insanity and you wouldn't only have two Democrats. If you could get that to a sensible like six or eight with some diversity, so you need the Rand Paul and you need the, the more Warhawk guy and then you need the more centrist. But if you could do that on both sides, then you have an honest discussion. But our system is so broken. Everyone's so sick of it. Everyone gets, sees it now. Um, well, I hear people it's, say it's that, just out in the open. and I understand where you're coming from, and I agree, the Republican Party is broken, and either it needs to be entirely fixed from within, 100% renovated, or some people think with Donald Trump, you just destroy it, scorched earth, and rebuild. But I also come from a place like Canada, or you look at the UK, uh, you look at a parliamentary system where you can have someone elected without even close to a majority of the vote because they're so split. And mm -hmm. that's a real problem, too. So the two, it's kind of like we talk about this with, with, with fighting. We have a 10-round must system um, per round. It's not perfect. It's flawed. But it's as close to being the best system we've had for scoring combat sports. The same thing here, the two-party system that we have in contrast with parliamentary systems, what we had before is closer to the ideal than what we had before it. And it needs changing. So I get what you're saying, but keep in mind that having two parties in our system has nothing to do with our system. That's just because these two parties have grabbed the power. Our system, there is nothing in our constitution that says we have to have two parties or anything like that. The two parties have grabbed all the power, crushed everybody else, and every year that someone says, oh, I'm going to vote another way, everyone says you're going to throw your vote away, you know? So we, we need to at least, I, I get it, there are all kinds, we can look at all sorts of uh, you know, countries in Europe where they have parliamentary systems where the tiniest party that has two mandates can topple an entire government because right. of what you're saying. So I get it that that has its own flaws, too. But it's pretty obvious. I mean, look, I, I know you're not thrilled with the two candidates right now. Like, no. I'm pretty sure that if there was a, a sensible, more libertarian guy, I get it why you may not be. Uh, well, I'm guessing you basically like Gary Johnson, right? Uh, he seems bitchy. Well, maybe you can help get him out of the closet. He just seems to me like he just, he's, <laughs> come on, he always sits and he gets so, you ever see him actually debate other libertarians? I feel he's a little bit entitled to the nomination. When he sat there and debated Austin Peterson, who was the other guy, uh, we had Austin yeah. Peterson on the show. He gets snippy catty, and, yeah. and catty and bitchy, and, and, and I just find that off-putting. I don't like the yeah. carbon tax that he's talked about. I don't like his running mate stance on, on Second Amendment, and I don't, I think the, the libertarian, the, the ultimate bullet to their own foot is this sort of open borders policy. Policy. And that comes from this nerdy pseudo-intellectualism of thinking that immigration is, is fine, the market will, will fix it. Well, uh, Milton Freeman even addressed this back then, who I think is 
widely considered more libertarian. Listen, it's different to have people immigrating for work opportunity. And when you mm. become a welfare state, that's an entirely different issue. So uh, I'm pretty I'm pretty strong, pretty harsh on immigration. And that's why I part ways with most libertarians. Yeah. And look, I get you. I mean, Gary Johnson, I said he's a goofball. He kind of appears to be like a Muppet. I, look, I've had him on my show. <laughs> I sat there. You, you know what it's like when you when you actually talk to one of these people. Right. How you can get to know them in a different way. I sat in a green room with him. He was going to be on Larry King show. It was when I was back at Aura. Speaking so of Muppets. He was, <laughs> so he was waiting. He was waiting to go on Larry's show. And I had about a half hour in the green room before I had him on my show. And just we talked about everything. And you know what? The, he was a decent human being. Sure. But, that, but to that point, he would get up, if we can get him to 15%, just so we can get some of these other ideas heard. Yeah, he would be demolished by, by Trump and Clinton because she knows her stuff inside and out. We know that Trump is, a, is a, just a truck. You're just plowing through everything. And and you're right. He's he's stammering. Well, I think that's fiddling. a good point. I think he would act sort of like the Rand Paul did in the Republican primary, where you had a lot of people getting away from conservatism, promising what they were going to do, how they were going to fix it. And Rand Paul just saying, well, I wouldn't do a thing. And people are going, wait, what? That's an option? And, go, and then explaining, yeah, this isn't what we should be. We shouldn't be making these promises. It's not our job. And I really liked that about him. So if Gary Johnson would serve sort of as, as a referee in that sense, yeah, I think it could be productive of the conversation. What do you say to people who tell you, well, if you, that's a vote for Hillary, effectively? Well, basically what I said in my video is I'm going to support him to get those ideas out there enough to just see if we can get him in the debates. Okay. After that, after that I'll reevaluate. Like, then I'll have to at some point – look, I live in California, which – you know, 99.9% chance it's going to be Hillary no matter what. But I know that for whatever influence that I have, you know, with people, uh, I'll decide what to do then. But I wanted to at least spend a month going, let's try. Let's do something a little different. Everybody's yelling at everybody. Everyone's calling everybody a bigot. Let's just try something a little different. But, you know, one other thing on the, on the party thing, imagine if Trump had got the nomination and then Rand Paul, even though his campaign was terrible and he went out way too early and all that Awful. stuff. Imagine if he had said, you know what, I'm going to run third party libertarian, probably. Right. And then if Bernie would have said, you know what, whatever deal they gave him, which was obviously a raw deal because he looked so pissed at the Hillary acceptance thing. Imagine if he said, you know what, I'm running green, knock Jill out of the way. Now you have four parties that actually have four leaders that people care about. And yes, maybe one of them ultimately becomes the president with only 32 percent or something like that. But there would have been actual diversity of thought. You know what I mean? There's there's real diversity of thought having those four people debate. And we have no diversity of thought, really, with, with Clinton. Well, I, it's interesting you say that, because I think the reason a lot of these sort of the alt-right and conservatives who are always Trump, and if you don't explicitly endorse Trump, and we, we'll never, I'll never endorse anybody. I've openly said that. I, I absolutely have zero in common with people who are out there supporting actively and feel good about voting Hillary Clinton. That's what I say. I think she's awful, as bad of a candidate as we've ever seen in modern history. Um, but I won't well, endorse it. more coming. It's going to get worse. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We, we can see the end of, uh, of this crap storm. But I think the reason conservatives are more upset is if you look at it, once it becomes a four-person race, it actually hurts Trump more than Hillary. The libertarian, Gary Johnson, takes more away from Trump than Hillary, which would seem counterintuitive. But if people are looking at the numbers, it's, it's pretty consistent. And I think that's pretty telling. 
Sure. So I'm not in this to get Trump elected and I'm not in this to get Hillary elected. Exactly. I'm in this I'm in this because I want to have some sort of battle of ideas. Right. And I think if you really want to have a battle of ideas, think about it right now. If, if forget forget the Republican side, because that's that's close to your heart. So let's just go on the Democratic side where you did not you do not did not and would not ever like Bernie or Hillary. Right. No. But imagine if Bernie would have when they laid down the law with him at the DNC, and they had said, you know, you're going to endorse her and you're going to blah, blah, blah. Imagine if he had been like, you know what? No, I'm not going to do it. Sorry. All the young people. No! I'm running third party. What court sort of that would have been a revolution, even if he would have lost his revolution is now dead. And you know whose revolution is here? It's the alt right revolution because Hillary is now name checking them. So she killed the Bernie revolution. And last week she gave a speech mentioning the alt right. And now Pepe the Frog is more influential than Bernie. Uh, now that's the truth. <laughs> That's actually you know, an interesting way to look at it. But uh, I would also end it with this. Bernie Sanders was a spineless amoeba who went along with the establishment because he wasn't willing to fight back anymore. It's a lot easier to fight against the stereotype you build up of Republicans. When it's your own party, it's tougher. Dave Rubin, Rubin Report on YouTube. We'll be back more with him. to catch the news just in the nick of time with Nick Nolte. Oh, this week you got Colin Kaepernick sitting down to the national anthem claiming he won't honor the flag that oppresses black people. Oh, got an $8 million salary, Colin Kaepernick. That's his right to not have them. So lose the flag. When you play football as America's sport, you're going to honor that flag. He's not even black. Oh, I saw him. I thought he worked at a Lebanese diner. He's not even black. He's not even black. That was News in the Nick of Time with Nick Nolte. Glad to be back. Our guest is checking his phone because he has to go to another important phone call. He's got stuff to do. Ruben Report on just YouTube. Posted. Dave. I just posted a video. Ah, go. What? We're listening. We're live. You realize this is a live. We're not live. You're, we're live. You're on. You're, you're, they can hear you. No, I know. I know. You're, you're trying to pit me out and I'm talking over you. I, I'm a better host than I am guest. I, I, <laughs> I wonder. It's got to be tough to have Larry King as a guest. I'm going to have him in here in a couple of weeks. I love Larry. He, he's such a great, I've told you, I mean, the guy is just, Crowder, if either one of us combined have the uh, amount of stuff firing in his brain, in our brains, I don't have to have it now, uh, <laughs> when we're his age, uh, the guy's just a, a warrior. And right at the age, what is he, 112? 16. <laughs> 116. It's old school Abraham, old and he's going to have like a four-year-old. So I don't know. I don't even. He's not even going to get trendy. burned. He's going to come out a four-year-old. I just. Uh, I, remember, I remember that. Sometimes if you watch that show, it can be very on point, and sometimes it gets really awkward. Like he interviewed Andrew WK. He goes, Andrew WK. There's a rumor that you're not real. True. 
<laughs> well, you know, there's there's something there's something to be said about the daily interview. Think right. about the the type the booking that goes into that. You know, today you're interviewing a rapper. Tomorrow you're interviewing the Secretary of State. The next day you're interviewing an ex-con. The next day you're interviewing, uh, you know, an actor. It's like you have to really be kind of all over the place and, and understand enough stuff. That's why I like doing the once a week interview. Ice tea, not the beverage. That's what he's he's has to spell it out sometimes. Um, yeah. Okay, speaking of, before we went to the break, uh, best place is youtube.com slash Ruben Report. Where's the best place for people to find you? Uh, you go to RubenReport.com or on iTunes, Ruben Report, Twitter, Ruben Report. Our branding's pretty solid. If you just type in Ruben, Ruben Report, Report. Uh, whatever you're doing, you're, you're, you'll find it. He's just, he's not with the Young Turks anymore. Sometimes people are going to say that. No, he's not. We want to clarify that. So, <laughs> no. How of do I course. get one of those? How do I get one of those things that erases my internet history or whatever? Uh, that I don't is? think you do. I think you have to take. You got, don't you have to pay for that? There's a there's a somebody you pay that yeah. cleans that shit up. I don't it's think a, it it's, a, it's called a Clinton. Yeah, it's called a Clinton. It's called get the Clinton email machine. <laughs> yeah. um, it's right. like it's like the killing floor with beef. They just walk in. It's just blazing. <laughs> so you were talking about interesting, you know, uh, discussion of ideas. Okay, listen. You and I disagree on quite a bit. I came on your show, you talked about you got more backlash than you anticipated. <laughs> um, and we see a lot of people coming in who, who were liberals coming into our show. We get thousands of emails and comments saying, I, I never thought of it. I think the tides are turning a little bit. Um, but I will say this. We never, you know this, I've been dealing with bullies my whole life. I talked about being bullied as a kid. We still get bullied from people at mainstream networks, whether it's, you know, oh, we won't even, I guess we don't need, there's so many networks msnbc comedy central calling us out or people online and we always say my only trash talk is sure i accept and we only call out people if we're willing to offer them recourse i think you mm -hmm. and i find common ground with that do you think being sort of a moderate classical liberal yeah do you think liberals are far more likely this has been my experience far more likely to call someone out and hide behind a network or not show up when debate time occurs so this is one thing where I think you're uh, slightly just missing the definition, and, uh, and it's just because everyone gets sort of in their own thing. So a liberal, no. A, a real liberal, a classic liberal, no. But what you're talking about Leftist. is people on the left. Right. right. So that, but that's an important distinction, and I know it's kind of splitting hairs sometimes, and people don't even understand really what that means. But a liberal, if you were at Google classic liberal right now, basically all it says is that you use logic and reason to come to your conclusions and you are not so wed to a conclusion that if new information changes that you won't change. Yeah. That, that's what makes me a liberal. Um, and, and most people, that's how most people actually behave. You learn something and then it doesn't just, it shouldn't just stop. You continue learning and you might change what you think. Now to your point about leftists, which yeah, most of the Democrats now are leftists. Most of the people that people think are liberal are leftists. Um, yeah, they're a bunch of pathetic cowards, and, and all of the people that I mock mercilessly on Twitter, I've invited all of them on my show, openly invited all of them on my show. I've invited Jank on my show. I've invited Reza and Greenwald and the rest of these clowns. Um, but no, they'd rather slander and smear and lie about people on their own forums. Just this week, this, uh, you know this Mike.com, this website Mike.com? Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They did the whole thing, the, uh, the, the 69, the vote. Yeah, so they, they did something and they wrote about, and I was included in it. They had reached out to me to be in some article about, about the alt-right something. And I declined because I could tell that the article was just going to be bullshit. Yeah. I could, I'd be happy to forward it. That happened with me in the Daily Beast once, and they wrote it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, oh, Well, man. wait. So they, so they wrote it anyway, and in it, he, re he refers to me as right-winger Dave Rubin. 
your day for a bit. Yeah. So I call I screen capped it. I called the guy out on Twitter. It got hundred I did it a couple of times. It got hundreds and thousands of retweets and likes. I tagged the writer, I tagged Mike, I tagged the editor in chief. Then none of these guys have any Twitter following, so to speak, at any traction. And they didn't respond. They they just refused. So it's like they write their stuff right. and then they won't respond, they won't engage, they won't acknowledge, they won't retract. That's not liberal. But that's leftist to do that. Okay. Well, yeah, and I, I use the term because it's term it's a term that people understand. But I say those on the left. Uh, even then, though, with with liberal, I would say like we'd release this climate change video, uh, and the response right away was so predictable. They clearly hadn't watched it. We said, "Listen, I'm not the one saying anybody should be jailed. I'm not saying the Earth isn't getting warmer. Calling someone a science denier and deferring to a 97 percent statistic, which is completely bogus, and we we go into why it's bogus. If you can't make the case, I say in the video, if you can't make the case, you have no business." is simply deferring to someone who you think makes it for you and calling your opposition an idiot. I wouldn't debate a scientist, but I would debate all the commentators who tell everyone else they're not scientists, and I would host a debate between two actual scientists. But that's one of those things where a lot of people shut off their mind, and it's, it's dogmatic, it's religious, the neo-environmentalism. Well, look, Crowder, not to give away our secret to all of our enemies, but the reason that people like what you do and like what I do is that we are open-minded enough and secure enough to sit across from somebody and have some stuff challenged. And I know I don't pretend all the time to know everything. I don't think you do either. I've had Michael Mann on my show, who is one of the leading climate uh, scientists in the world who came up with the hockey stick theory, right? Yeah. And and then just two weeks ago or three weeks ago, I had Alex Epstein from the Center for Industrial Progress. The moral case for fossil fuels. And guess what? I let them, yeah, and I let them both have their say, and and I would love to have them both on together to fight. That out. would be so. great. We have to let you go pretty soon. So, uh, YouTube.com/slash Ruben Report, and I'll give you credit too, for a guy who's so pretty. He's got some balls. He's willing to get in there. He's willing to swing. He is willing oh. to. Oh, my uh, camera was slow. No, no, he's willing. <laughs> no, that's that's Larry King. They they have to put a stool underneath his chair. So. <laughs> Ruben is willing to stand in the pocket and trade, and right or left, he's honest. I really appreciate it. Thanks for coming on the show, brother. We'll have to have you back soon uh, when we get the new studio. I mean, we're not getting a new studio. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Cut it. Shut up. Shut up. Stop speaking. So what time are we meeting at uh, the movies? Well, there's, I mean, there's, there's options. We got an 815 and it looks like a 935. Okay, that works. Yeah, okay, cool. Um, well, I can book some tickets now. Uh, okay, so I'll meet you then. Uh, when does it start? It starts at 930, the movie? Yeah, it starts at 930. Probably previews. Oh, Kristen Stewart's in it. Never mind. Glad to be back. All things considered, pretty good with the YouTube uh, ban and all the shenanigans going on this evening. Pretty We're good. Going to have, uh, Courtney Scoffs, uh, Courtney Kirchhoff coming mm-hmm. on to talk about her online dating experiences. Yes, she blogged about that a bit. Not political. I just it was so funny. <laughs> I had to bring her on for that. Um, we'll need to get the uh, the iPad going there with her with her. Yeah, with I'm all set up here. Um, of course, producing with me in video studio, as always, is my producer, who is not gay, at not gay. Jared, I don't care about your conclusions. I want to talk about, this is one of our top stories of the week. Uh, we put it in the queue Sunday night, and uh, or Sunday after Sunday morning. Lauren Southern got to it first, actually, mm-hmm. God bless her, so she did. And then we, we ran the story on Monday morning. This went everywhere. It went viral. 
And, and then we'll get to this week in social justice outrage. Uh, it, it's become a favorite for many of you listeners. We appreciate you tuning in. This was a girl who got into a lift vehicle. And she was absolutely furious. I think she was drunk. Furious over a hula dancer. She found it offensive. So I think I've laid the groundwork. Isn't there much? Steven, isn't there more to it than that? No. Let's watch the clip. I want you to because it's actually deeply offensive. Now I do want you to take it down. All right, well, I mean, obviously you're going to give me a one star, but I'm not taking it down. Oh, you're going to give me one star. I'm going to do worse than give you a one star. So this is a woman berating him for having a hula dancer, demanding he takes it down. And then when he says, I'll drop you off, she's saying, you're going to do everything I want you to do. That's okay. You're going to be on Gawker. <laughs> no, on you will be published on Gawker. Okay. And you'll be like, this is important. Because this goes back to what we're talking about. Liberals are bullies. They're cowards. Leftists are cowardly bullies. Whether it's uh, anyone who called, whether it's Pierce Morgan, whether it's the Young Turks, whether it's Michael Woods Jr., whether it's the people on on uh, whatever the networks are who have Twitters who go after you, their whole goal is to simply bully you. Right here, she's not saying, "Hey, we have a disagreement." It's offensive. She says, "I'm gonna put you on Gawker." Gawker. I wish we had a clip from Joe Rogan. His oh, girl I can't voice wait. It's so great that he does. He does his dumb girl voice. It sounds yeah. just like this. So what she's really saying, you need to understand this, it's not little, it's not benign. The reason this went viral is because she's saying, I'm going to destroy your life. Listen, I've been front page gawker. Same thing with Salon.com. All they do is attack conservatives. We invite our people from Gawker on the show when they created memes, when they uh, attacked things that I've said. I've talked about this. My only trash talk is yes, is I accept. If someone calls me out like Gawker, Pierce Morgan has, uh, I mean, the list is so, so long. I don't I don't know how how. how how much time we have to list it, and they don't show up, they're a coward. And this is what happened with this woman. She's saying, I'm going to put you on Gawker. Here's something that's important. This is mainstream to the left, and I've talked about this, but let me give you an example. People say, well, no, that's just Gawker is some small site. No, no, Gawker or Salon. Let's go with Gawker. Right here, I have it on my computer, the Alexa ranking for Gawker. It's about 1,000 worldwide, top 1,000 sites, and it's top, it's 310 in the United States. So let's go to a comparable site. Breitbart is a little better. About 800 and 216. And they, they kind of go back and forth each day. Let's go to Daily Caller, one of the biggest conservative sites. Not even close. 23,000 is the rank worldwide. The rank in the United States is 501. Back to Gawker, 310, 1,000. So when people say Gawker is just some inconsequential leftist, no. Gawker is getting their marching orders from Hillary Clinton, from Bernie Sanders, and they are way bigger, way bigger than conservative websites. This is mainstream. The fact that this girl understands Gawker will be her attack dogs, she is so confident that they are just as closed-minded and feeble-willed as her that they will go after a, a, a Lyft driver for a hula girl, who, by the way, is probably a Democrat himself. The reason this went viral is because it's emblematic of the left. And uh, I hope people are waking up to it. We have more and more people saying, hey, you know, I used to be a liberal. Um just as Republicans have to accept maybe the monster that they, they, they see with Donald Trump, you know, some of them are unhappy with it. I, I don't really think he's a monster. I, I disagree with him on a lot of issues, but they're really upset and they're maybe planning this coup against him. Liberals who used to be, they need to accept that they've created the monster of the social justice left. You can't 
all these people now saying, oh, Gawker, Salon, and all these commenters, and all these people now who are anti-social justice leftists, well, let's be honest. Gawker is a huge site because of people like you, mm -hmm. or Salon, or Huffington Post. Huffington Post is far bigger than anything on the right, and this is what they push as mainstream, that there's 58 genders. Um, they use their main page. Uh, update, just 59 now. Go there's 59 genders? Yeah. Actually, I think there's 60-something genders. 60-something? By the way, these are the oh, people who right. tell you you're a science yeah. denier. Yahoo. If you're skeptical of Bernie's legislation on climate change, but... Biological sex is a figment of your imagination. So the Lyft story, we have it at ladderwithcrowder.com. Again, with all of these things going on social media, please just bookmark the website, sign up for the mailing list. It's all free because we're never going daily. And uh, the, this segues perfectly into our weekly segment this week in social justice outrage. Oh, dear God! Trigly puff in there? A little trigly puff Stop action. bullying her. Leave her alone. So we have a few stories this week. Now, Jared, you often compile these. What what this generally centers around Kaepernick this week, right? Uh, yeah, all Kaepernick stuff okay, here. So let's so. bring up the first one is Kaepernick made his oh, alright. So was it Tony uh Tony Stewart. Tony Stewart. Tony Stewart. Oh, oh, hold on a second. You just switched yeah, it. Yeah, here we go. Was Tony Stewart he's the one who said he's not black? Uh, you can see his tweets right there. Uh, top said, I'm sorry. Kaepernick needs to learn the fact about police before running his dumbass mouth. He has no clue what they go through. And then people, of course, were furious at him. Uh, Jerry Rice. This was a big one. Jerry Rice, you know, one of the best uh, football players of all time. Uh, yep. Kaepernick won't even go down probably as one of the better quarterbacks for the 49ers. Uh, Jerry <laughs> Rice <laughs> said, all <laughs> lives decade. matter. So much going on in this world today. Can we just all get along? Colin, I respect your stance, but I don't. Go back. You don't need to change these things. Why, is this timed? No, no, I just... Just stay on Jerry Rice right now. People, of course, what do they do? They call Jerry Rice and Uncle Tom. Uh, you're not really black. So Kaepernick, who's not really black, uh, is black because he hates the flag. Jerry Rice, who simply said all lives matter, he's not black. The reason that may be, by the way, we wrote about it a lot with credit.com, there was a letter sent out to the DNC saying, hey, don't ever, 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 ever say all lives matter. That's actually really incendiary, and they acknowledge that Black Lives Matter is a radical group, so they don't want, they don't want to tick them off. We have it up at the website. They have circulated this to their own. Don't ever, ever say all lives matter. It's mm -hmm. offensive, and they, they and they shoot stuff, and they blow stuff up. So maybe that's why people are so offended at Jerry Rice for something that would seem benign. The other one was Tiki Barber talked about Colin Kaepernick. He said, Cape is using his platform and brand to make a compelling and polarizing point, which is his right, even if it's met with ire. Wow, that's really, uh, really articulately put there. It is. Uh, and the response is, of course... From the black Twitter, Malcolm X said, anytime you get a black man speaking with power, they find the nearest Uncle Tom to counter with what he said. Tiki Barber and Jerry Rice. Right away, it's the Chank attack, right? They say, oh, he left his yep. wife. Oh, you went to jail. You have unpaid parking tickets. Uh, Tony Stewart, oh, you ran over a guy. Oh, uh, you ran. Well, that's pretty bad. <laughs> well, he was also uh, on weed and yeah. running down a race car track in the middle of a, a race. How do you so, run down a guy? Was it the guy just... He got. He was so mad. He got out of the car, started charging Tony Stewart as he was racing around the track, on the track. He was also, and they found weed in his system, so I, I can't he imagine... He hit the guy? Helped. He accidentally ran him over. And then the guy chased him because he was mad? No, no, no. The guy the, chased him and then he ran him over. At the point of running over, that kind of ended the uh, the event. That's what I was, Okay, that yeah. ended the altercation. The altercation was over. I was not up to date on this. Yeah, so that was the that was the big attack. Hey, you killed a guy. You killed a guy and... and uh, we killed him? Yeah, he he's dead. Well, that's pretty bad, then. That's a legitimate grievance. It is. But, but it doesn't have anything to context, do with the yeah, Uncle Tom. The, uh, exactly. exactly. And this is what they do because they want, they want. listen, we've had Alfonso Rachel on it. Um, it's one thing to me, I, it's got to be really hard to be a black 
a black non-leftist, it's got to be really hard for people telling you what you have to think. Um, we get it as being millennials. I can't believe you're a conservative. I can't believe you You should feel the burn. But not nearly as bad as black Americans where yeah. they are just – I mean they lose they lose friends. They lose relatives if mm-hmm. they just say, you know what? I don't think the Democrats have done a great job with black people. Also not rage this week, uh, should, should note, is uh, Tim Tebow's back in the oh, news. Oh, Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow was in the yeah, news. This is this infuriated people this? playing baseball. and uh, <laughs> I don't think that's accurate. That's probably not accurate. But that it, image with Tim Tebow. Yeah, it certainly ticked some people off. I, no, I don't know anything about baseball. Tim Tebow had these tryouts for baseball. Yeah. Was any good? He actually, uh, above average in several categories, and, and uh, on average are a little below in some others, but he'll probably make a minor league team, they say. Would he be comparable to other people who would make minor league teams? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Because the, the funny enough, though, the one he struggled in the most was, was the, the throwing. <laughs> the throwing. I know you would think of all the things. But he was so, fast. He was he's, fast. He's fast and he yeah. can hit hard. Tim Tebow trying to go after a new career in baseball. Here's my view on it: If Tim Tebow wants to do it and a team wants to hire him, great, good for him. I don't get the the, the Tim Tebow hate and the fact that Tim Tebow was just absolutely destroyed just all systems go all scopes get him in the crosshairs because he bowed his head in an end zone mm-hmm. Tim Tebow and then they 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 praise and they they laud they just heap it on someone like Kaepernick for not standing for the flag um it, it is unbelievable to me and you have to even if you're a leftist you have to go all right it, it just seems like even even 2000 years after his death Christ is 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 still it's still pissing people off for some yeah. reason. There's something when it comes to the Christian deal that people get really touchy and upset. I understand. It's funny too because he wasn't even a bad quarterback, Tim Tebow. Look at his record. People, if if you look at it carefully, people have written about it. All the guy did was win. But I think the Christian card kind of kind didn't of he throw him. some bad fumbles or something like that that follow him around. He, everybody has bad fumbles, but he, he took them to the uh, the uh, the playoffs, which Denver hadn't been in a while. Yeah, no, I don't know a whole That's lot a about football, string. but I do know, I, you know, it's it's one, here's the deal too. People need to understand this about Tim Tebow. His biggest value isn't just his his uh, his athletic ability. I understand sports are meritocracy, but putting butts in seats and having a guy who elevates your team and having a guy who creates a bond with your team is very important. Leadership is important. Think of uh, think of Paul Newman, the Charleston Chiefs, and Slapshot. Take him over at Johnny Manziel any day. Yeah, just absolutely. Take over when To used to every team he was he was on. People are just going. He's corrosive. That uh-huh. is something that's a value. And you know what? If a coach says, "Hey, we need that on our team. We need a rallying point." Why? Why would you be on board with a Rudy uh, and, and and praise that film and see it as inspiring and not say, "You know what? Everyone who's been on a team with Tim B- Tim Tebow says, hey, he's a good guy and he helps the team." It's one of those things I'll never figure out. Just don't bow your head and pray. It's unacceptable. Crap on the flag or burn it. Courtney Kirchhoff next. Oh, feminist uses Uber. Thank you for using Uber. Where can I take you today, ma'am? Wait, did you just call me ma'am? What the f***? Oh, there's no need for profanity. What's your name? And you just say where to take me? Like, I can't take myself? What? You called me. Oh, what? Like, this is some patriarchal dating game where if I call you, that means I want to f*** you? You're clearly the one who signed up for Uber. Okay. Oh, you're going to be on Gawker. You're going to be a meme on Gawker. I'm going to stop using Uber.
Glad to be here. Uh, glad to be Are with you really, you. though? I'm not that happy to be here. One thing I will say, the hardest thing to do in entertainment people talk about is doing three hours of radio. That's what everyone says. We basically do three hours of, of television with this deal, going back and forth, and I can't let people know that I'm reading my notes. If you ever see someone on, on radio, they're just reading their papers. And because we try and connect with you, look at this. Look at this connection. Look at that connection. Look at that warm. Just stare at that bald baby you. Look at that. Stop it. What, the, what is with you? I don't know. I just, I just see pictures of bald babies. Why? On Twitter. Why do you see so many pictures of bald babies? They keep tweeting There's at a me. pandemic the, I, I of bald babies. babies in I assume someone's tweeting for the babies. I mean, maybe they're tweeting at me. <laughs> I shan't judge. No, no, this is not a no, John Travolta, Kirstie Alley film circa 1994. Um, although I do particularly like it when the babies talk like adults. But we have our guest on. If you hear this theme song, you know exactly who it is. Uh, you hear it, and you go, wait, who's that? Oh. oh, I know who it is now. It's Courtney Kirchhoff. Uh, at Courtney Scoffs on Twitter. She doesn't look happy to be here. <laughs> Courtney, what are you mad at us? I'm thrilled to be here. Mm. I can't wait to talk about how I'm calling bull. My life is a dumpster fire. <laughs> well, your life is not a dumpster fire, but you were telling for those listening, if you're going, why aren't you talking about Hillary Clinton more? Listen, we've covered it. Shut up. This is funny. This she is, sucks. She sucks. We get it. Donald Trump had a really good week. I'm becoming more of a fan. There you go. Put it in headlines. Hashtag never daily. But Courtney was telling me about um, dating. And uh, <sighs> so, okay, tell us you you've hired, right? Is this how it works? Because you didn't want to yeah. go through the online dumpster fire of dating. So you actually That is a dumpster fire. I don't want to do that again. Yes. Also, guys, just as advice, if you're online dating, women hate the you holding up a, a picture of a, you know, a dead fish. We don't want to see it. Take it down. Enough with the dead fish. Is that a We're thing? done. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Men hold pictures Probably of dead fishes. I killed this. I killed a good. It's and they're like, you know, the selfie thing that they do, it's just stop. Okay. Nope. Well, I wasn't aware of this. It's kind of like the duck face for women, I guess. It's the dead fish for men. And that's the other. I'm sure women are doing really annoying things, too. I'm not dating women. It's the so duck I, lips. It's the duck lips for the girls. Duck lips? It's the duck lips. Um, well, let's let this happen. So, okay. So, you, you, what is it? You hired a dating service? Yes. I, I hired a team of professionals to help me okay. find, hopefully, not a beta male, which is what's kind of out there. Well, you know, you've gotten a lot of crap because you wrote an article as a conservative feminist. And of course, all these beta males just get furious. This is what happens. Courtney knows she's strong enough. And, and they always, what they always do is attack your appearance or say you're a slut. All of those things. These the are the C attacks word. from. The yes. C word is the, is the big one. Well, this, these yeah. are people who respect women, Courtney. So you need to get with yes. the program. So you yeah. told me, so, okay, you go to this dating program. So you so actually. I didn't, so to set up this properly, I okay. didn't tell you. <laughs> you called me and we were going to talk about something totally unrelated. I'm sure it had something to do with work. And you're like, so how much does a, how, how much do professional matchmakers cost? That's yeah. how it started. It wasn't even, hello, how are you? It's true. How are things going? It's, hey. Let's get this over with. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just figured there's no way to ease into it. You don't need to let them know the price because uh, then the golden tickets are going to fill up because, I mean, everyone's getting rich off of this. So you did this. You hired a dating service. How does that work? Okay. So you go in and it's like a job interview, mm -hmm. um, but for a position I am woefully unqualified for, <laughs> that being a wife. <clears throat> And they ask the, the regular things, you know, what do you do? What do you like to do? Um, what's your job like? Do you like your job? 
boring stuff, and then they want to ask you about <laughs> your she's, dating she's history. Well, answered. You don't have to <laughs> like that. your job because you don't have to have one. Continue. Well, so that's been the problem with some of the men that I've been dating is they've not really had good jobs. So mm -hmm. I kind of wanted to eliminate those. Sorry, guys, who don't have good jobs. But I ain't saying she's a gold digger. Gold yeah. digger. At least, you know, make enough to take a girl out. Come on. This is true. Okay, so you go in, and I know I, your type, right? You say, go-getting, type A male, uh, yes. probably has to be conservative because, yes. I mean, not only of what you do, but I don't I don't see you making it with someone who's not. So No, it would be hard for me to go long-term with a liberal. Someone who's apolitical, maybe, but because this is what I do as a career, you know, what do you do for a living? I'm in conservative media. It's not going to go over well when he says I voted for Bernie Sanders because at some point he's going to get my last name. He's going to Google me on the first page. It's going to be dear men who vote Bernie Sanders. You're not men at all. Not if he changes that last name first. This is true. He might change it for you. <laughs> might become a Mr. Kirchhoff. Boom. Yeah, um, I, I, okay, so you give him all this stuff yeah. and they... <laughs> <laughs> they set you up on a date. Make sure you remember, describe for our listener, uh, our, okay. the listener here with our so, warm voices in the radio, what so this person state, looks like. Okay, so I have to preface, fitness is huge for me. This is why I'm wearing this particular outfit. Courtney is very fit. Courtney is very fit. For, not just for a woman, she's fit. Okay, so it's it's a number one priority for me. I tell them that like the, the overweight thing is a non-negotiable, don't send me on a date with someone who's overweight. I thought that was, I had delivered that message <laughs> fairly clearly. <laughs> you can see where this is going, okay? So I don't know, I don't wanna guess, I wanna hear it. <laughs> okay, so actually the first date was fine. It was with someone, he was a nice guy. Didn't work out, because we you know, he voted for Bernie Sanders. Okay. First guy. Okay, so I, that's not going to work. So I said, you know, I, and after and the first day, the I gave them my feedback. This is important. I gave them my feedback, narrowed it down. And said, this is what I'm looking for. You really needs to be conservative, Christian preferred. And I, I like men who are slender to muscular, not Did the Bernie guy Except, go Dutch? Or did he pay? No, he paid for it. Now, these are good guys. That, look, these character. are nice guys. It's expensive to sign up for this service. They're, they're making good money. Anyway, okay. so second date. Are we have to go to a break pretty well, soon? Well, hold on, just, just let's, you can, we have a minute, so go. Okay. Um, <laughs> the movie Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yes. Think of that. Remember the principal? Edward um, Rooney? Ed Rooney. Yeah, Ed Rooney. When I showed up for my date, they, they told me he was a really good dresser and that I should wear something nice, like a summer dress. So I went out shopping, got a summer dress, and when I saw my date... He was like Ed Rooney, only with man boobs and a big stomach hanging over his belt. Okay, we do have to go to a break on that yeah. note. Hold on that, that thought. That's always weird. You know the worst part is if the guy has belly crotch, where it's just a belly and a crotch. Oh. <laughs> they don't delineate. Be back. Breaking news on Louder with Crowder, I'm Perry Matheson.
amidst a brutal attack advertising campaign against his rival, Hopper, for President 2016, Sheldon Acorns and his squirrel suticles finds himself in the middle of yet another tumultuous sexing scandal. These recent graphic images have surfaced, and here on Lower with Crowder, we have an exclusive statement from Sheldon himself. Listen, this is uh, to be expected. It's pretty much par for the course. And uh, 124 billion of us on here, you shouldn't be surprised. And I think it's uh, fairly clear that Hopper's trying to distract from the real issues, that he has a painkiller addiction, he's unfit for office, and his uh, running mate is not even American. He's Japanese. And this is clearly a non-issue because it's very common in the squirrel community for us to have uh, open marriages. And uh, as you can see from the photographic evidence, which, by the way, has yet to be verified, let's not forget, but, uh, pretty nice big package there. Well, keep your breath as the story unfolds. For Laura with Crowder, I'm Perry Matheson. Glad to be back at Courtney Scoffs, who was on. Just had to sit through that horrible commercial break. All right, so you show up. You make, you should have gone, you make me go on a blind date with Edward Rooney? You go on a date with Ed yeah. Rooney. The, the belly is hanging over. And look, Edward If this Rooney, guy's watching the show, I'm going to feel so bad. Look, that's the thing. He was a fine person, okay? And I, I want to say that. I'm really sorry, Ed Rooney, if you're watching. <laughs> I That's am. so much truly, worse. Truly. Because <laughs> I, I told these people, n- n- no, no. Someone who, you know, is fit and can... Have you fired you them know. at least now? They clearly didn't no. listen. So, <clears throat> here's the thing. Like, I was as polite as I possibly could be. We were at well, a for bar. For you, that still can be rough. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> we were at a bar, so we were sitting next to each other, and every time he would make a point, he would touch me. He would touch my arm. It's well, like, hold on a second. For people listening getting... terrestrially, that looks like that looks like a punch. Okay. It looks Tuck. like that's still that's like that's I mean that's either something like you're doing weird that's sex what I stuff. I felt like doing back to him like a hammer fist, like stop touching me. Yeah. I know I give out mixed signals sometimes, but it's usually I never give out the signal please touch me. Right. So I was there like making myself as small as I possibly could be. There were two gay guys sitting next to me who. Fortunately enough, we provided entertainment for them because after the date, they said, oh, my gosh, it was so clear that you were having a horrible time. I can't even believe he asked for your phone number. He was actually there I, for them. He was a, a, a bear and they were interested and yeah. you just happened to cross And they did path. tell me that I was polite, but they, they told me if that's the best the matchmaking service can do, you need to fire them. So so you asked for a Corvette and they uh, they delivered the mystery machine. No, they, minus, they delivered minus, a rapist van. Minus the paint, so it was just a rape van. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I asked for a Ford Mustang. They sent me an Ecoline van. Yes, okay. exactly. That was paneled, <laughs> and it says "Free Puppies and Candy" in it. Trolls grade schools. So, so you've gone back in now. Are they? They have? Do they have more dates set up for you? Did they provide a refund? So I went on a date after that um, with a guy they'd already set me up with, who told me that he was going to vote for Hillary Clinton. Um, so I'm like, okay. 
And, and he had told the dating service, I don't want to date with somebody who's going to vote for Trump. And I'm like, well, to be fair, I don't know that I'm going to vote for Trump. But yeah, okay. it's like, what are you people like we specifically, I mean, conservative media, this isn't going to work out like if it anyway. So did yes. you fire them after that? I sent them a letter as only I could with um, jokes and um, uh, those are probably some brutal. Those NSA. are brutal jokes. You those know, those are brutal, are brutal jokes. Someone's reading from the NSA. It's like kind of kill their children. Why I would said, you write this? I said, LOL. Look, what? I had to run to a ferry one time from a parking lot to the ferry. It was probably like a quarter of a mile, and I wasn't out of breath. And I said, "You shouldn't set me up with somebody who couldn't do the same. Um, if he can't, you know, if it's someone who can't do." And I, I described that he had not taken Kramer's advice and worn the man's ear that evening. Right. So, like, could you not? Could you please? Could you not? Okay. With- so, are you? So, did you? Are you giving them another shot, or are you done with this dating? Because right now, <laughs> AR15.com, there are people saying. I mean. The problem is you tell that line of people if they don't like you because you're conservative, you're just going to say you're ugly and you suck. And then the people who do like you really like you. I mean, <laughs> so... But let's be honest, you would have been better off going to a bus stop and flipping a coin. <laughs> <laughs> the only expense would have been the coin you flipped. Jared. Just, just show up to the Greyhound bus station and say... I'm ovulating and see what happens. Yeah, that's not the issue. I'm just, <laughs> I yeah, just I I, them, I, I'm horrible at being single. Uh, I, I would never do it very well. It's not, you know, I'm an expert at it, and that's kind of why I want to move on, try something else. I'd like to try my hand at petty jealousy and passive aggression. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, you know. You know, it's it's not, if you look at Twitter, you look at uh, the message boards right now, it's not that, and you can tweet her at Courtney Scuffs, it's not that there aren't suitors, it's, um, you do have higher standards. My wife is that way too. My wife never had a serious boyfriend. She she dated a lot more guys. She actually dated mm-hmm. the governor's son, Rick Snyder's son. And, uh, wow. Well, I don't think they like her because she, she wasn't particularly nice. Um, the guy was just not he was nice i don't want i don't i shouldn't get into this but anyway so she but she didn't have a long-term boyfriend because for her was okay i've gone on a few dates this guy Mm -hmm. is not for me and so that's got to be hard today uh they're just there aren't men are confused and i think women are 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 very confused and that's that and that is one reason i don't like feminism men aren't really sure if they should take the lead or not so um if i like a guy i will tell him straight up i'm not a feminist and we'll try to encourage him to take the lead but, you know, at some point, it's like, you guys need to, I've given you permission. I'll make you a sandwich, okay? You decide what we're doing on the date, and I'll just show up and be pretty and make you a sandwich later, okay? Like, this is, it's fine. Take the lead. A lot of men um, of our generation are afraid to do that, and they've been told that it's not right to do that. So, it's not, it's not easy. Well, the problem is you have guys who go the other way, you know, these people who try and sell testosterone supplements or hint, it's zinc. It's always zinc. Uh, and they're like, oh, testosterone, pickup culture, oh, alpha male, this kind of stuff. And so those guys go out and they're just entire. I mean, these are, these are scared little boys trying to act like men. And then on the flip side, and that, that's a, a, a blowback because of feminism, because of this right. sort of creating androgynous cultures uh, with the, the social justice left, telling men you should cry, you should be more sensitive. And so you've got two sides. And I, I'm very fortunate that I had a good dad uh, who, who modeled that. But I don't think many young men do anymore. Um, well, right. So the, the 
you guys, uh, I think all of us, well, just the three of us, we were raised by our parents. Mm -hmm. So already we're ahead. A lot of millennials, guys and gals, are the product of divorce. Uh, they have several step parents. They went to daycare. They didn't have that good foundation of what a, a healthy relationship actually is. Well, even so they're not really sure what to, be to divorce, do. But it didn't absolve the man of teaching them how to do man stuff. Um, right. And I don't mean chugging beer, but I mean, you know, you Being know, responsible, we were providing. Well, we were basics. talking about cussing earlier. Um, yeah. I don't cuss around uh, around women I don't know just because again it's a way I was raised. There are sometimes and we've had conversations where <laughs> listen it gets it, you know a joke gets rolling and it, but I would never <laughs> act that way with someone I don't know and I'll just see other guys doing it and talking with their with, with a, a girl trying to pick them it's up. It's unbecoming. Yeah, it's unbecoming. It's yeah. and I don't think that's that's not why are you judging? It's it's not me. Well, it is judging. It's not me telling you how to live your life, but it is a, a, an innate perception. And I think I think people miss the value too of growing up. Uh, you know, even the simple things that don't simple things that seem simple on on the onset, but are transition and translate to bigger deals. Like your dad teaching you how to change a tire on a car. You know, teaching you these various things of the guy things like you're mentioning, but yeah. they translate into okay responsibility. You know, dad teaching you how to handle a firearm. I can't change a tire in a car. I, I could only I could well I could do it. Windshield like, wipers. I could do it like clockwork on my Datsun, my first car. Yeah. But it was a, it was a very odd sort of European style jack, I, I, and the jack that came with my car. I'm like, I don't know how to use this because it works. <laughs> <laughs> So that's um, fair. on that one, I was changing them all the time, but yeah. I haven't done it in years. But you know what I mean, though? Those those moments you grow up as, yeah. a, as a man that, that teach you what it means to, to, to care for things, to be responsible, take care of others, to, you know, if it's your well, mom's Courtney, you're, thing. you're or... a woman, and so obviously your mom taught you how yes. to be a, a woman, but did your dad teach you what it is to be a man, what to look for in a man? Is that why you think you're a little more, um, I guess people would say picky, but I just think have actual standards. Did your dad instill that in you, or is that just something you kind of discovered? My dad was, a, yeah, so my, my mom would pull me and my sister aside every once in a while when she was dealing with my dad and say, she actually said a couple of times, take notes. So um, I, I think a lot of people haven't had that with their parents. But yeah, my, my dad had a job. He worked. He was responsible. He came home. He played with us. He did things with us. So I, I have this expectation, I guess, of the person, the man that I married to be a provider, to play with his children, to be a good husband. These are just you know, people say they're high standards now, and, and that, I guess, is. For, I don't think it's a high standard. For, you know, I just think it's a standard. I don't think standard. it's a high standard user. I think it, it should be baseline. But right now, baseline is straight, um, has a pulse, and, and that's really like <laughs> Can feed score. himself. Yeah. Um, you know, it's... It, semi-clean. <laughs> well, you should talk with my... Not that I'm the perfect husband, but I will say this. Something that people don't really accept now, too, with marriage, and it stems back to millennials, uh, this idea that, you know, you're perfect just the way you are. These are songs you actually... Hear. No, you're not. You're very <laughs> flawed. And people need to understand that they are very flawed and their spouse will be very flawed. There is no Mr. Right. There is no Mr. Exactly. Perfect. So, yeah, and that's when, when I talked to the matchmakers, I said, these are just basic thing. I don't know who it is I'm supposed to be with. So um, I, I, I can be open to that, but it's it certainly needs to, he needs to have the same values and he we need to want the same things. But there is no such thing as a perfect man and there's no such thing as a perfect woman. I'm, I'm sure I'm going to drive whoever I marry. If I ever get married, I'm going to drive him insane every once in a while. That's just... Yeah. What happens? My wife does that, and I do that with my wife. Um, and I can it's tell you this. Marriage. That's why I want to give it a shot. You see are certainly how, not see perfect. how close to the edge I can take him. <laughs> 
I, you know, she says it joking, but I get a sense that's actually would be like a, a, a game for Courtney. Let's see how. No, I think here's the thing. I do think, and I've talked to you about this. Um, and people are, t- and this is why I think the AR15.com is the gun message board. Guys are all over you right now. They just love Courtney. I do think that uh, you give off this sort of maybe a little bit more stern than you are. And I think to a lot of men, they're scared because a lot of men are weak. My wife was that way. My wife was not at all, oh, oh I love you, I love you, I love you, right away. As a matter we were both pretty standoffish. Uh, mm-hmm. And and for me at that time, you know, I was appearing a lot on television. I, not that I'm anything special. In the realm of actors, uh, I'm a moderate-looking guy. In the realm of stand-up comedians at a nightclub, I'm getting close to 10, mm-hmm. you know, with the old guy with the puppet. <laughs> So, not that she was a challenge, but just, okay, here's a woman with self-respect. And so I think that just going to narrow the field for you, you know, always be nice, be warm, helps. It could be the fact that she uh, she has an AR-15 and buys her ammo in bulk. This is stupid. Throws some people off. Did you show it to her like Uncle Buck with his hatchet? (laughs) Him, sorry. Bug. Nat. Bug. (laughs) Nat. Yeah. Are we seeing any similarities here? So, what... Let's say you show up. What's the ideal guy? Okay, you show. Let's oh, say gosh. you show up this week. Could you say fitness? Mm-hmm. What is look? So, what's your barometer for fitness, for example? So that I don't. I, I'm not going to specify that. It's someone who, because uh, because some people are runners. They're not weightlifters. Some people like to go hiking. Well, I'm just saying. See, with your face. Yeah. With your face, you're not dating him. I am. So you you know, come on. Oh, just be r- nice. Runners are just. they're like they're smaller than you without breasts they can be yeah sprinters fine but the long distance runners if that's all they do they always run down this block without shirts and i always jared's been with me always yell get a shirt with a body like that get a shirt on yeah and they don't like it because they fancy themselves fit they're just skinny fat especially with your ppq in your hand (laughs) yes with my walter yeah um, well, I've told the I've told the matchmakers people can tell when they first see me that I'm fit. It should kind of be probably the same with him. It, um, you should look at him and know he he does something. He right. doesn't need to be he doesn't need to be a Conan. Uh, he, he doesn't need to be Arnold Schwarzenegger or <laughs> Sylvester Stallone or Rich Froning. Doesn't have to just someone who takes care of himself. Is, right. You know, come on, basics. Well, this is just something that people you know they talk about. They have Jared. We get, come like on. Jared. Yes. Just not. Just don't. I don't want to describe you to friends as, as comparing you to a, an aquatic mammal. You don't this want to have what? to make preemptive excuses for your man's physique to your friend. Like, but he's got a great personality and he's a good dresser. Right. Uh, okay, Courtney, at Courtney Scoffs, ladderwithcredit.com. She wrote a brilliant column this week. Courtney, thank you so much for being with us. And keep us updated because oh yeah, the lines are lighting up. People are very interested. But be nice to her, everybody. She's a nice lady. Even if she's a good-looking gal, you treat her like a lady. We'll wrap this up after this. Feminist uses Uber. Hey, thanks for riding Uber. Where can I take you today? To the Parkwood Mall. Okay, I'll take a shortcut. I think I can get us through traffic. Hello, 911. My Uber driver just tried to rape me. What was that back there? Oh, nothing, nothing. He's doing it again. Is the temperature okay? Would you like some music? No, no, I'm fine. The rape, it never stops. Okay, just let me know. Wait, hold on a second. Is that a 
tree-shaped air freshener? Gotta keep the car smelling good for the passengers. <laughs> Are you aware of the current deforestation epidemic that is causing a rise in CO2 and killing the polar bears? What? Hey, I'm back. Yeah, he's definitely a rapist, and this needs to go on his permanent record. Also, Gawker. I'm gonna stop using Uber. Getting oxygen feels good. This is the last segment. Thank you very much for staying with us. You Courtney know what? I, I like how dark that long gets. I enjoy that. The dance, the drowning dance. The drowning I don't dance. even know where that came from, the drowning dance. Hey, speaking of which, I have to get serious here uh, for a second. People are asking, because I talked about this earlier, with the um, you know YouTube and how much does it affect our income, people we employ, and we talked about if we were to ever go daily with a network. So <clears throat> I know we've been talking about this, you know, hashtag never daily, and people are saying, hey, listen, stop... Stop screwing around. Um, you, you, you know, it, let me get real. Stop talking about it. We're never going daily. We're hashtag never daily. It's frustrating. There's no announcement in October, possibly November coming. They tweet it. I have to go and report It's not them anything I would be for slander, particularly lies. psyched out of my mind about. I wouldn't. Mm -mm. It's not like there's a Rolodex where be like, oh my God. Oh. This guy's going to be there. What's that? There's gonna be a, net, a network with it. not only credit, but these, that 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 broad. They flooded my my, my phone the other day. What at that what? price? At that price? What for my bald baby? That, that's a bargain. <laughs> so stop it. Hashtag never daily. Nothing like that is going to be occurring in September, October, November. We just called a show right there. Just 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 out of out of protest. Yeah, I don't want to. I just got a text from Dave Rubin. Rubin, we're streaming. Because you marry a guy, we're just supposed to bend over backwards for you and just tweet when we're in a live show. Gosh, gay people can be so pretentious. So we are going to... Uh, we always talk about what's kind of the takeaway. A lot of people are talking about, when we look at the tweets, we look at some of the responses saying, you know, hey, that making more pie stuff. I didn't invent the making more pie analogy, but people saying that that, 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 that kind of struck a chord. Um, I think that's a big fundamental difference in... in we were talking about this. Dave Rubin saying liberalism versus leftism. Okay, I know different terminology means different things to, to, to all different people. So I want you to don't get mad if I say liberal when I mean leftist or conservative. You understand what I'm talking about. Freedom, anti-authoritarian, conservative, Republican. Let's put it on that side. Democrat, liberal, leftist, social justice. Let's put it on that side and you can understand where I'm coming from. A fundamental difference is of a finite view of the world. A view of this is it. Therefore, we need to draw from this. Like we were talking about, whether it's oil, we only have, th we only have this much energy. Whether it is um, intellectual capacity, we only have these many people. Um, whether it is the economy, we only have so many jobs. 
See, that's how they see it. Whereas people here, again, on the right, whatever term you want to use, it's okay, we can always find new ways for energy. We can always find uh, new ways to create more jobs. We can all, we're, there's going to be the next smart guy around the corner. And that is why I, I hope people see a silver lining with politically, it looks bad right now. Uh, you know, the charts show Hillary Clinton likely winning. Um, at the very least, it's going to probably lose quite a bit in the House, Senate. But culturally, that is something that I think resonates with a lot of people. And culturally, all of you can have an influence. Culturally, all of you can go out and, and make your own pie. I know we employ five people. That's the pie I'm using you know, with Ladder with Crowder. It didn't exist. But you have things right now that don't exist. And, and it is. It's not, it's not just a transfer, as leftists like to see it. It's not just, oh, you were here and then you moved here. So it's, it's, it's a net, net neutral. It is a net gain. Right now, there is something on planet Earth that doesn't exist, that could exist tomorrow in a way that is quantifiable because of an idea. Could be an idea for business. Could be an idea for, uh, it could just be an idea. It could just be some sort of philosophy. It could be some sort of intellectual curiosity that buds and turns into something. Something. Think about that. Apple started an iPhone, started as an idea. So yeah, there, there are raw materials, there are sources that you know you have to go and you have to send little Chen, unfortunately, to a mine where it's likely going to collapse in on him and you have to send the canaries back to make sure he's okay. Then you take him out and you make him build a wind turbine. I get that. There's only so many of those natural resources. However, they were never looking for whatever nickel, whatever minerals were needed for an iPhone. Mm -hmm. The point is that idea can create an entire new pie. And it's, 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 it, it, sometimes it's hard to get your head around Right now, there's nothing. You can think of it. You can make it happen. And tomorrow, there's something. It is only a net positive. In a world of, in, in a world now of GoFundMe's and all these other things, it's it's never been more possible to make those things happen. And those things came to you from the product of an idea, right? Those resources, new things, and and they do, and they change the world. And this idea that it's there's only so much, and so you have to get yours. This is funny. It's an ultimate irony of the left is we're not selfish, we care about the people. So all of all of you people get yours. That's what they have to do to buy votes, right? Get yours. What they do is they cater to people's uh, selfish nature and they, they fear monger more than the right. That's yeah, it's understand. just a, such a hopeless kind of outlook on life. It is. Which is funny when they when they try to twist it around saying, you know, Republicans are the hopeless, you know, fear mongering right. ones. Which is just, it can be. What is more hopeless? Telling somebody, I'm going to make sure you get more welfare because that's 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 about who you are. Or someone saying, you know what, I'm not going to do it. I don't think you should be on welfare because I think you're better than that. Think of any great teacher or any great coach that you've ever had. They've cared about you. They helped you. But they challenged you. They didn't hand it to you. They didn't say you deserve this. Every person I've ever respected in my life told me, listen, the world doesn't owe you a damn thing. Or listen, you're just going to have to work really hard. There's a great quote from Steve Martin. People come up and ask me all the time. Um... And not that I'm any incredible success story. I'm pretty grateful that I'm able to employ more people and, and hopefully we'll be able to do more. When they say, what, what's the advice? I'm trying to get started on YouTube. And what they do is or they, I'm trying to get a podcast and they send me a link and ask me to promote it. The, the advice is something that Steve Martin put out there. He said, just be so good that they can't ignore you. It, 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 is, it is one of the, you will find that if you just get into a groove and do it and work, you can create something magnificent. And that's whether it's fracking whether it's now more access to oil than ever before. Again, it's not a pie. We have whole new pies. Whether it's this podcast, show, website that's created employment opportunities. I just, I hope if nothing else, this show inspires you to go out, find what it is that you can create, do it, and include people. Be a benefit. 
And when you do that, you'll have more influence. And you'll be able to help other people. That's eh, just something that's been on my heart. Maybe you suck at all of it. I don't know. See you next week.